0: Welcome, everyone, to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 323. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Matt. Hey, what's up? Just Matt. <laughs> Connor's Carter, alive, I swear he is, but... uh, mm-hmm. I, Sure. I, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to say. Uh, He'll be back when he can. But yes, welcome to the show, everyone. Episode 323. This is the DC Comics podcast. We get together, we talk about the books we read this week, uh, which in this episode will include Batman vs. Robin issue 1, Dark Crisis World Without Justice League, Wonder Woman issue 1, well at least Matt read that anyway, uh, Superman Son of Kal-El issue 15, Wonder Woman 791, Batgirls issue 10, and Justice League, sorry, Jurassic League issue 5. I'm so used to seeing Justice that I just, my yeah. eyes just fixed it. Yeah,
1: that's okay.
0: Yeah, you know, I just fixed it. Uh, but it's also Solicits Week, uh, which neither of us realised before we came out to record. We just sort of noticed there, oh shit, Solicits came out. <laughs> so uh, that'll be kind of your, your main event of the episode, probably, is going through December, Solicits. Uh, so yeah, I'm plenty to talk about this week. So welcome to the show. Uh, I guess we'll get into it. Uh, yeah. I, for First things first, there's always time for a Comixology Top 10. Matt's
1: I tried not to even think about it, <laughs> and it didn't work.
0: Matt's favourite part of the show. Uh, so, um, uh, as, as the new tradition, uh, Comixology split splitting up based on days of release, so we'll focus primarily on Tuesday's list, because that's the DC list, but we'll have a quick look at Wednesday as well. Um, so, yes. Uh, what do you think number one is, Matt.
1: For DC only, I'm gonna say Batman versus Robin.
0: You would be right. Batman mm-hmm. versus Robin issue one is number one. Um, it's a new Batman book. Maybe Mark Waid's got a bit of a, a fan base as well, perhaps yeah. helping it out. Yeah. So,
1: and, and you got a straw on art, which is never a bad thing. So,
0: mm. uh, number two is Superman, son of Kal El, uh, which makes a- sense. A- Uh, Number three is Wonder Woman, oh no sorry, Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Wonder Woman, (laughs) issue one. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, I I guess because it's tied into the event. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is kind of a weird week, uh, because after that you've got the Flash Fastest Man Alive issue one, which is kind of the movie related sort of book. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of, maybe in in a way you expect that to do okay, but it is kind of weird that it did better than the regular Wonder Woman book, which came out at number five. Uh, maybe. Oh, well, I know. I know it's not great right now, and neither yeah. of us are that into it. But
1: yeah, but that's, I feel like we're not the only ones. I feel like that's that that steam that was there at the beginning is is dying down quick.
0: Well, so. yeah, but like if Superman's shit, it still tends to do a certain level of business. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Is I'm saying it's just uh, underselling. It's sort of performing. But hey, uh, number six is Batman: Urban Legends. Uh, number seven is Batgirls issue ten, and number eight is I Am Batman issue thirteen. And number nine is Future State issue seventeen.
1: So uh, I can't believe that books around.
0: I know. Uh, it's, it's kind of wild that it's going. And then number ten is Jurassic League issue five. Uh, and then after that, fair enough, is when you get into all the trades and stuff. Uh, yeah. so, um, yeah. So there was ten singles basically for it to to count. Uh, there's nothing particularly exciting or surprising on there. Maybe that Flash book doing so well. Maybe it's because it's a number one, and it's easy for comic... Well, not comic shops in this case, because it's comicology, yeah. but maybe it just it has this appeal because it's a number one. right? Uh, but that's basically and all. And if people
1: really want to see that version of that Flash, or that might be their only chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the movie may never come out yeah. the way things are going. No, no, I, <laughs> I, I get it. Uh, we'll have a quick look at Wednesdays, though, and see the, uh, the, the non-DC yeah. side of things. Um, right. Do you have any guess of what number one
1: might be? For uh, I'm, loaded, I'm loading them. everyone else up. I'm going to go with X-Men Red.
0: It is Axe Judgment Day, issue four.
1: Damn it, I missed that one. It's right above it.
0: Are you supposed to say AXE? Or are you I think be- it's
1: AXE, but Axe, uh, Axe Judgment Day sounds way more man
0: yeah. Oh, well, uh, number two is X-Men Red, issue Damn six. It. Number three is Amazing Spider-Man, issue nine. Number four is Midnight Suns, issue one of five. I think what's funny about that... <sighs> Is that the video game that's got that titled, which I assume this that I assume this miniseries was was you know uh greenlit to capitalize on the fact that a video game was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um that was meant to be launching early October, which is why this would have been a good time for this to start. It got pushed to next year. Luckily it got pulled forward again to start December, so this book will still oh. be running when the game comes out, which is nice. Uh I'm actually looking forward to the game quite a bit because it's a publisher or a, a game developer that I really like. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it as a video game. I, ca- I do not care a shit about Midnight Suns as a property, but I do care about the uh the gameplay that uh it has, so.
1: I thought this was going to be a cool, like, supernatural team. It's just Blade and Wolverine uh, and a Ghost Rider, so.
0: I think there is supernatural elements, though, I think, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, but I thought it was going to be a more hard fast like, mm. supernatural, you know, like, like spooky stuff, and this might just be, you know, supernatural threats. Um, magic's there, so.
0: Uh, eh, who knows. Yeah, so that's number four. Uh, number five is Daredevil, issue three. Which, uh, I keep forgetting they renumbered that. I guess they renumbered it after the Electra period ended. Yeah. So it's still Chip. Still him. Uh, It's kind of wild he's writing both Batman and Daredevil ongoing at the same time right Has now. Has
1: that ever happened before?
0: At the same time? Oof.
1: Yeah, at the same time. I would when guess... Did, when did, when no. did Frank Miller and his Daredevil run? Because maybe he could have been writing Dark Knight.
0: Yeah, but uh, even Dark Knight doesn't count, though, because that's not ongoing. Like, you'd have to count his ongoing Batman. True. But even then, he only did, like, you know year one. He yeah. didn't do right. a run in Batman. So and his Daredevil started in the 70s, so I, I'm pretty sure it was done by the time yeah. he was doing any Batman stuff. So, yeah, weird. Uh, number six is our first non-Marvel book uh, on here. Okay. It is Star Trek Lore Dex Issue 1. So
1: I thought, I thought you were going to say Spawn. No,
0: no, no. It's a no. Spawn book, so, wow. um, no, and Number 7 uh, is technically a Marvel book and that they publish it, but it's Predator, so I wouldn't really say it's Marvel at heart, but, you know.
1: That cover is fantastic. <laughs> it made uh, me want to pick up the book, but I was like, I don't have time.
0: Yeah. Also, it's an issue 2, so it'd be quite awkward to uh, do that. Yeah. Uh, number 8 is X-Men 92 House of... Uh Roman numerals.
1: Yeah, what's that? Yeah. X E X D I. So 42? No. Uh X-E-I-I, I think it's no, 92.
0: L's fifty. So yeah. it's 92. That makes sense actually. Of course it's ninety two. What what, what, <laughs> what else would it be? Yes, yeah, t- 10 before a hundred plus two. Because Roman right. numerals are stupid. They look like great, numbers. but they, they are stupid. Uh, Iron Man issue twenty three is number nine, and then number ten is Star Wars Obi Wan issue five. So, oh wow,
1: they've redone
0: really, really that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you know, as always, Marvel do tend to publish a few more books than DC, so they've actually still got most yeah. of the next five or so uh, covered. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know where Spawn ended up on this.
1: Uh, oh no, I just saw it in there. Uh, did you know there was a new Lemire and Sorrentino book out? i did not from image yeah it's called uh the bone orchard mythos ten thousand black feathers number one and apparently it's going to be like a new horror style like anthology so each miniseries to be its own story set within the mm. bone orchard mythos so uh i did not see that i was i might have picked that up
0: yeah if you told me about that last week i might have uh yeah even read it and give some thoughts on it but uh mm-hmm. i missed it now uh, but uh, yeah, that's so there you go. Uh, nothing particularly exciting in your Star Trek book, uh, and amongst a lot of Marvel stuff. Uh, I wonder how, how well that Predator book's reviewing because, uh, I mean, it's, it's Ed Brisson, so well, yeah, he's
1: pretty, pretty, you know, decent writer. Yeah, but
0: he's not an exciting writer. I'm not excited about no. an Ed Brisson book.
1: May- maybe he really likes Predator though, so he's pouring his all into it.
0: Yeah, um. I have to say thus far, even though Philip K. Johnson is doing the Alien book, none of the Alien and Predator stuff from Marvel has piqued my interest like some of the the more you know, the stuff that had just been getting yeah. done at Dark Horse. But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if anything of interest comes. Uh, I'm sure I'll give it a try at some point mm-hmm. when I'm in the mood for a quick Predator read. one. probably when all six issues are out and I can just marathon it in one or two sentences. Yep. Uh, but there you go. Has the sology Top 10. Uh, that's a wrap for now. There'll be more sales figures next week. Well, not even figures, just sales ranking. I'd love yeah, figures. Yeah. I'd love to talk about the figures and, and, and talk about what they mean and <laughs> analyze them.
1: That makes one of us.
0: Makes all but one of us. The audience love it. The audience are so into it.
1: trying to figure out what one of these books are in the solicits. I'm very confused by the covers. So, I am now reading
0: the... Well, speaking of solicits, uh, this is a good time okay. to go into December's solicitations for uh, DC Comics. Uh, you know, we do this every month. Get ready. It's a uh, monthly Christmas, as I've seen people on the interwebs say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... Sure I'm you know, I, I bet to a young person saying interwebs is like a really lame old person thing to say. I feel. I feel like as
1: as an older person, it's a, a kind of lame thing to say.
0: <laughs> I feel. I feel like a seventeen year old would hear that and go, "Oh, you're so old." Okay, boomer. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, we're only two generations removed from I, boomer, but all right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Boomers are pretty old at this point. Uh, they
1: are. <laughs> so time is on our side. <laughs>
0: I mean, because my, my parents were even boomers. My parents were Gen X, so... Yeah, mine too. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yes. DC comic solicitations for December. Here we go. First up, we have Batman Spawn Issue 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Todd McFarlane writing with Greg Capullo on the art. Of course, Greg Capullo did a lot of the, the Spawn art back in the day, so... so.
1: Did a lot of Batman. Uh, I saw Capullo put out a page from this for Batman Day, mm. uh, which is today. So... Happy Batman Day, everyone! Yeah, it's the most bruttiest
0: time of the year.
1: I I like to think of it as a Dick Racing Day. So,
0: (laughs) every day is Dick Racing Day.
1: (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, Capullo McFarlane. Um, Has McFarlane ever written Batman? I know
0: he's done Spawn. So, I, yeah. be, I, I bet he has. Yeah. I bet he you know has. Yeah, it's been decades. I'm sure he's done a couple yeah. of Batman issues somewhere. So, uh,
1: I'm I'm happy this is uh, existing. This is not all, for me. I'm also fairly
0: uh, certain this is not the first time there's been a Batman and Spawn
1: crossover. I'm sure it's already happened. No, but I, I think that was more of an image thing. So it was more like Spawn and Batman crossing over. Where this is a probably a big deal because mm-hmm. it's coming out through DC. Um, Well,
0: it's uh, just a one shot though. So before anyone's getting, yeah, you know, excited about some sort of big uh, series or anything like that, it's a forty-eight page one shot. Uh, So you know, if you're at a spawn though, um, maybe you're excited about that. Uh, We got Batman One Bad Day, Catwoman Issue One. This is the G Willow Wilson written story uh, with art by Jamie McKelvey. Yeah. Um, So you
1: you know, Connor's gonna be excited if he ever comes back.
0: Yes, yes, he's probably in love with the front cover, the main one that's uh, here in the side. It solicit. is a good cover. I was to try to apply It wasn't, Matt.
1: No, I'm just saying because I, I know you're. You know, you like to needle him, but uh, and this time, it's <laughs> a nice cover.
0: That's the best word for it because he's terrified of needles.
1: I know. That's why I said it.
0: I would. I love to literally needle him. <laughs> um so yeah batwoman that's batman one bad day catwoman issue one uh is it december and uh, mm-hmm. we got batman versus robin issue four obviously we'll be talking about issue one of that a little bit later on so uh mm-hmm. stick around for for that shenanigans a lot to say about that book so um join us for that uh we got catwoman issue 50 coming in december so yep. they're, they're doing a special you know big double-sized book which they tend to do for these uh, 25s and 50s, typically. And 100s, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, as always with this current run, uh, the cover is fantastic. It doesn't mean me yeah. want to read it, because I didn't like yeah. that first issue of the run, but uh, the covers have been pretty nice and kind of yeah. simple and very poppy. And, yeah, good stuff. Uh,
1: apparently there's a there's a Sajit cover in there. Why'd you say forward. apparently? Because it's also by... Um, sozo micah and sejik so i was gonna say it's not a full sejik okay yeah
0: okay i'm pretty sure it's the one with Catwoman in the back of the police car that's, handcuffed
1: that's, and that's also why i said apparently because it didn't immediately come to mind as sejik you could tell by the
0: mouth the mouth looks like a heart ha- <clears throat> yeah. from harley it looks like the harley yep. style of mouth yeah I, I can see it yep. it's very pretty obviously uh we got batman issue 130 uh, which is a, a Christmas themed cover here. Uh, obviously, it's more of uh, Chips. Ron, is actually the finale to the failsafe arc. What are you yeah. oofing at?
1: There's a Marquez cover of him standing in front of the dinosaur in the back cave.
0: Oh, yes, very good. Yes, I see. It
1: looks very nice.
0: It is very pretty, yes. Uh, it's almost like a gritty version of like a Pixar. Yeah, I mean, sure. yeah, he
1: almost uh, looks like uh, Mister Incredible.
0: Yeah, but more, more, more moody, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, very nice. Oh, there's a lot of good covers for this issue. Actually, that, that yeah. black and white one where he's over the mm-hmm. city is uh, pretty neat looking as well.
1: Also, the second one on that side, uh, the Jimenez with the what looks like safe is trailing him. Looks very reminds me of It Follows mm. a lot. So,
0: yeah, yeah, a lot of nice looks, covers. Looks good. Uh, Detective Comics 1067, uh, Ram V still, of course, uh, has run mm-hmm. continuing. Mr. Freeze is uh, involved here. So that's pretty neat. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, we got Batman Gotham Knights, Gilded City, issue three, uh, issue three of six. Now, we have not had the first issue of this yet, so no, uh, not a lot to say on it yet. Yeah. But uh, that's still coming out. Uh, we got the Riddler Year One Issue 2. This is the Paul Dano written book, just in case you'd forgotten about this. So I still... did! <laughs> oh, are good. Well, interestingly, we'll see how this this shapes up uh, when it comes out. Uh, obviously, this is a very morbid curiosity thing to, to mm-hmm. check this out and see what it's like. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, we got Batman, Superman, World's Finest Issue 10. Uh, so, yeah, Mark Wade books continuing on. Uh, Very nice cover here, actually. It's the Joker, and there's a bunch of playing cards with the various other characters on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because we've got all these kind of classic designs because it's set in the past, it's got a really nice look to it. Uh, It's a fun stuff. Uh, There's also a cover with the Joker riding Doomsday? Yep. Uh, So I'm curious to see how that plays into things. Like like a
1: wild stallion. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. What? What is this? Cover. There's there's one that looks like Christopher Reeve Superman, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Keaton Batman, and Gene Hackman Lex.
0: I had Jack Nicholson Joker at the bottom.
1: Oh, uh, there he is. I didn't scroll all the way down. No. Wow. That's that's a fun cover.
0: Yeah. Movie tribute cover. Uh, there's also one with a singer and silhouette, and there's like a party going on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Christmas party, they're doing some karaoke. Um, That's gotta be Lois.
0: I don't know. Like, is this hiding someone's identity because it's a spoiler? Or is it just this is the cover?
1: I don't know. That's weird. It's weird. Because it looks like everyone else is accounted for. It. So... But why would they hide Lois? That makes no sense. No, Lois is in the background, so there's someone else. So yeah, they're, they're, maybe they're keeping this a secret.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Superman Son of Kal-El, issue 18 uh this is part six of uh all returns obviously this is going throughout both superman and action uh so yeah cool cool stuff yep. uh and then we move on to action comics 1050 which is the big anniversary issue of course uh it's a 50 they're making a big deal so it's a six dollar issue double-sized and it has some extra stories in it it's got a st- obviously the main story by philip Kennedy johnson there's a tom taylor story in there which makes sense because he's the the Superman writer, and then right. Joshua Williamson is doing the third story. I wonder if that's because it's going to tie into whatever he's got coming after Dark Races.
1: So, Most likely. Yeah. And we got art by Mike Perkins, Clayton Henry, and Nick Dragata, so that's, that's a pretty pretty hefty book. Oh, interesting that. to see
0: Mike Perkins on action, actually. Yeah. yeah. I will not think I'm that Maybe. excited. I'm not that excited about Clayton Henry, though. I don't think I like Clayton Henry that much.
1: No, but, I mean, it's still a pretty big name. For, for art over at DC, like, they're, you
0: know. You could have said the same about John Romita Jr., but i was still that excited when I see his name on some.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> My God, 25 covers. Of course it's 20. I mean, I'm surprised it's not more. I'm just, I'm just looking. <laughs> surprised there's not I mean, I'm sure they're not all
0: there yet. Uh, that, that first cover there, where it's just Superman, like, flying yeah. straight up in the sky uh, is gorgeous.
1: Uh, as <clears throat> Clark in Smallville in his football jersey, that's cu-
0: really nice. There is a couple of wonky looking covers though, I have to say as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> literally wonkies yeah. uh, describe them. Uh, then after that, we've got Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, issue seven, the final issue of the event, uh, coming in December. So, you know, we'll see how that all goes down. Um, looks like
1: looks like Nightwing's going over, my guy.
0: He's kind of posed a little bit like Dr. Manhattan on that cover, I'm not going to lie. Uh, And he's inside the text that reads Dawn of the DCU, which, like any good crisis, seems like it's reshaping the status quo of what the universe is at the end of it. So we'll see what they do with that uh, come December. Uh, And speaking of Dark Crisis, there's another Dark Crisis one shot coming called Big Bang Issue 1, which is notably written by Mark Wade uh, with Mm -hmm. art by Dan Juergens and others. I think what's interesting about this, obviously, Mark Waid's been... Like, you know, he's been doing this flashback book, which is set mm-hmm. in the past. He's then, this week, started a mini series that's set in present-day continuity and is directly referencing multiple books and, co- you know, recent continuity events. I mm-hmm. think it's very interesting that he's doing a one-shot that's tying into the big major event. It feels like he's getting more and more interwoven in just mainline DC right now, which yeah, is... Yeah,
1: if you go up and look at some of the other covers from... um from Christ on Infinite Earth's uh Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth, I mean. There's there's some characters from his World's Finest run uh showing up there on the covers. So it seems like they're integrating a lot from there. <clears throat> so and this, so this is the one that I was reading before. Um, that I was trying to make heads or tails of because it's it looks like it's like a whistle stop tour of the new multiverse. Because um, you know they talk about after the monumental uh events of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths Four, Priya successfully resurrected the Infinite Multiverse, and all of reality still reeling from the event. Join Doctor Multiverse on a haunting journey through these newly reformed realities, from the Jurassic League to DC Mech, from Dark Knights of Steel to Batman '89, and back again. Uh, so it seems like all of these ones that we we read that seem to be standing alone are now they're they're you know tying in and this looks like just kind of a almost like a sampler
0: yeah so it's interesting if they're letting Wade be the one to kind of like not establish a status quo but just kind of yeah give a sense of what a lot of the new multiverse is mm-hmm. I mean you know I I, like, I I don't expect it to be that special an issue on its own it's probably going to oh. be kind of just complimentary to stuff but uh, I'm curious uh, to read it for sure uh, and for what comes next right. so uh, we got The Flash 790 uh, of course still Jeremy Adams uh, continuing on so, part of the
1: 62nd War still so
0: yeah yeah of course of course uh, and then we got just Society of America issue two. obviously we were excited to, to hear about that last time um, let's go yeah so this is a 12 issue book was this 12 issues last time? I'm pretty sure remember. we thought it was. I'm pretty sure we thought it was an ongoing last time
1: yeah yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't remember seeing the of twelve on there. No, because so. I,
0: I think we spoke a lot about that possibly being an ongoing. So, mm-hmm. uh, so on the one hand, you could say that's a shame, but on the other hand, I actually kind of appreciate that there's just a defined, plan ending for yep. it, so that we don't have to like spend the time you know worrying or wondering. Uh, especially since if Johns is going to stick around and do more comics, maybe he's got things to move on to after that or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's neat. Uh, excited for JSA, and likewise, Stargirl The Lost Children issue 2, which is a 6-issue miniseries. Yep. Uh, that, issue 2, that's coming out in December as well. Uh, we got Deceased World of the Undead Gods issue 6, uh, which is issue 6 of 8. That's not the final issue. There's two more. So, just keep that in mind. Uh, get into that I'm in December.
1: Dark side in a Sinestro suit. That's interesting.
0: I mean... Uh yeah, there's also what I'm pretty sure is the Lament configuration. I'm sure it's just a mother box, but it looks yeah. very lament configuration on that cover Amy. Uh we got What's the-, the Lament
1: configuration.
0: It's the puzzle box from Hellraiser.
1: Oh okay. No, that makes sense.
0: You filthy casual.
1: <laughs> yeah, I still have not seen it. We we were gonna watch it earlier in the week and we went with Texas Chainsaw 2 instead. <laughs> Wait
0: what a movie I mean, that was. I mean that's got you know Dennis Hopper with too many chainsaws battling Leatherface with his one big yeah. chainsaw,
1: yeah, when he pulled the little chainsaws off of his side holster, I lost my mind.
0: It's, uh, it's very silly, yeah, I'm not necessarily sure it's a good movie, but it's definitely worth watching
1: yeah. it I don't feel I like wasted my time, but it was just it's wild, like it's yeah.
0: Toby Hooper was not interested in just doing a a typical sequel to his first film. He was like, no, I'm going to go nuts. I ain't doing Uh, normal shit. Yep. Uh, Next up, we got DC vs. Vampires, issue 12. uh, The final issue of of the saga. Obviously, the attempts to do tie-ins and side miniseries have kind of failed for me. I've not really liked any of them that much. But uh, still very much enjoying the main book and think it's really well done. So excited. I... It becoming, you know, Babs the Vampire Slayer hunting Vampire Nightwing yeah. has been kind of fun. So that cover there it makes me excited for the final showdown uh, when it comes running. So, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, and then also the final issue of DC vs. Vampires All at War, uh, issue 6, that is also in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we got Blue Beetle Graduation Day issue 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a 6-issue mini that was announced from last solicits. Uh we have Wildcats issue two. Obviously again, announced last solicits. Uh says Matthew Rosenberg, which might single-handedly get us to read uh a Wildcats yeah. story. So in a way he already did, kind of, with the Grifter stuff, but Yeah. We got Harley Quinn Uncovered issue one. What is this? This is a forty sorry, a forty page uh celebration one shot it by the looks of it. In celebration of Harley Quinn issue twenty five comes a gorgeous irreverent look at the amazing variant covers that help make the Maid of Mischiefs magnificent. So it's just a collection of variant covers, by the looks of it.
1: Yeah, I'm okay.
0: <laughs> That's all right, Matt, you don't have to say that. Like, we know you're probably not going to get it.
1: <laughs> hey, I like that they're doing this, though, because I remember when I was younger, I would find Marvel books like this that were just covers. Mm. You know, and it would, you know, lead me to find out who some of these other characters are. Like, I remember the first time I saw Carnage was in one of those, so... Uh, pretty scary.
0: Uh, well, per- perhaps the most exciting thing that solicits here for me this month is mm-hmm. Danger Street issue 1. So this is yeah. the next Tom King 12-issue prestige book, Black Label. Um, Jorge Fornes on the art, who of course did Rorschach with him, which was a phenomenal book. Uh, one of the best of recent years. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited. Obviously this was previously announced a while ago, go, it got delayed for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know if they've ever actually
1: said why... I'm wondering if it was an art thing. I wonder if it was so foreign as good to just do it all. Uh, even yeah, I mean, enough lay time.
0: I mean, usually as an art
1: thing, mm-hmm.
0: if if there's a delay like that. But uh, regardless, uh, it's it's uh, it's coming, finally, starting in December. So, um, Matt, why do you insist on in having the loudest possible drinks?
1: I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be quiet with it, but it's not going. It's like you're drinking a maraca. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> You can't drink maracas those are beans <laughs> i i know i'm I'm, I'm well aware i, I just but, i mean uh, you can it's not it's not gonna taste good and it's
0: not gonna be thirst quenching i think my point was made clear uh so yes um we have um i'll, I'll just read the description of this again because it's yeah. such a long time since it was announced uh join the just league is a goal for any superhero but what happens when a quest for membership takes a sinister turn join Starman, Metamorpho, and Warlord as they look to prove themselves worthy by summoning and defeating Darkseid in battle. Soon they'll learn that calling upon a new god never ends well, and their world is headed for a crisis as a result. The journey to save the day will be a treacherous one filled with princesses, knights, and kind- all kinds of monsters. Each person the hero's encounter plays a crucial role in the spawning yet gripping narrative that is a little bit silly, a whole lot of dark, and completely cool expect the unexpected with the supporting cast featuring manhunter lady copy the green team and the creeper do you, know, do you know what's so weird about this is that at this point tom king has made me care about so many characters through these books that i never either it was legal i was mailed into or didn't care at all about that i'm like yep. okay so by the end of this i'm going to be a fan of, of Warlord. Right now, I could yeah. ask, me, ask me anything I know about Warlord. I'm going to t- tell you right now, it's basically zero.
1: It's it's that um he looks like Oliver Queen. <laughs> that that's all I know, and he's, he's in that you know it's Kataris, which is like this weird pulpy, uh, center of the Earth dimension. Um, so that that's it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we knew who Mister Miracle was, right? Like, of we course, huge. yeah. And, like, I like Adam Strange as a concept, but, you know, it's, I like when, when he's taking these, these you know, B and C-list level I
0: would people. I would argue we're beyond. I, this is, like, D and E-list. This is a team well, of D say. and, and E-list characters that he's about this to catapult. Is, yeah, this
1: is his ultimate test, right? Like, I, I mean, we like Metamorpho already, but, like, Starman, this has to be the alien Starman, right? The The blue one, if I remember right?
0: I don't think it says here, but
1: <clears throat> no. But I doubt it's one of the knights, um, because they're pretty protective of who works on those characters. So, yeah. Um, and Fornes, I'm yeah. I'm here for... I
0: was just looking through the covers. It looks like the blue Starman. Okay. Yeah,
1: cool, cool. Yeah, and Fornes. I mean, Rorschach was fantastic. Um, like I'm, I'm here for this. Oh yeah, uh, and he's no, at I'm... this. And his next two projects, I'm super, super into. It's this one and the Gotham Year One book
0: yeah so. yeah no no uh obviously i'm on board it's it's you know it's, it just instantly became my most anticipated comic for december uh-huh. uh surprising probably no one but uh, <laughs> that's danger street uh next up we got the sandman universe dead boy detectives issue one this oh, is wow. a six issue miniseries it's art, it's uh written by Pornsack <laughs> yeah that's a weird first name okay. Well, I mean, I mean i can't even pronounce the second name. Uh, Pi P, P-
1: Yeah. Uh, I used to know I, I looked up how to say this because they were writing something else through through sure.
0: work ago. So yeah. I, uh, so it, ap- apologies yeah. uh to Porn Sick because I I, I, I clearly cannot yeah. say that last name. But uh Art is by Jeff Stokely. Um mm-hmm. so uh obviously a very horror-focused book. These covers are pretty interesting, I would say.
1: I, it's doing that thing where it's like let me see the covers again and they just reloaded and it's it's not. When, once we got past uh, what was the last one? It stopped. When we got to the Harley Quinn book, it said no.
0: Well, I, I mean... Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm going to take
1: your word for it. I'm sure it looks, you know, pleasantly uh, horrific.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, so, there you go. That's, that's near enough. Um, so next up, we have a kind of uh, you know, DC, love these hundred page special things. Um, They've got a a kind of a unique one coming in December. Um, So this is coming right at the end of December. It's Tales from Earth 6, a celebration of Stan Lee, issue one. So what this is, is they're celebrating what would be Stan Lee's 100th birthday uh, with basically stories that are just spinning out of or based on the the, the little bit of work that he did at DC, which was, you know, the basically just imagine uh, yeah just imagine it was there was the idea of like him doing like other earths sort of like okay this is what the stan lee version of the dc universe would be like uh so this is going to be an anthology book with stories by michael olsen mark wade jerry Ordway, kenny porter stephanie williams Michael w conrad becky clonin colin kelly jackson lansing Steve orlando zach thompson and megan fritz so a lot of stories uh in here this is so- kind of like i appreciate this exists i think it's such a- see, unless you've read Just Imagine, I imagine this is probably going to be a really awkward read of a lot of weird versions of characters that you've never seen before.
1: Yeah, I have- what did I get back in the day? I got Just Imagine him creating Nightwing, which was weird. Uh, and I have the Superman one. Mm. Um, where Superman's a space cop, and it's very- it's- it's so weird. Um, but yeah, uh, this is cool this just exists, like, it just shows the power of Stan. So that he's getting a special over in DC.
0: I have to assume if Marvel had nothing planned, they're seeing this and rushing something to yeah. <laughs> to press. Like, oh shit, we can't let them celebrate Stan Lee and me not do it. Yeah. So uh, I didn't
1: even know there's a Stan Lee Shazam. Uh just Imagine. Yeah, so I've
0: never read cool. any of Just Imagine. So, th- like, yeah. I-, I have no interest in actually reading this because I, I feel like I would just be, like... Especially given that a lot of these stories are going to be, like, six to eight pages and yeah. probably not explain much of who these... Ca- or what these versions are like. So yeah. I don't think I would enjoy reading this, but I very much appreciate at least the intent behind it. So... Yeah. It could be cynical about it, I suppose, if you want, but, um, you know.
1: I'm sure if I could see these covers, they'd all look rad because it's... uh. Some pretty heavy hitters on here, except for Rosmo. But
0: um Oh yeah, this uh I assume this yeah. is the the Batman uh equivalent uh the cover looks very, very nice yeah. actually. Uh a very, very big variety of uh things here. So uh very cool. Uh next up, uh there's got a few collections here before we get to the rest of the single issues. We got absolute Batman three jokers, that's getting an absolute, so Mm-hmm. Uh, you know cool i guess if you want to go read that uh, Milestone compendium 2 1300 page Milestone book so if you want to catch up on a lot of sure. for a relatively low price for what you're getting uh, yeah. uh, black adam the just society case files uh, this is just a collection of uh, all those one shots that they've been doing for the black adam movie basically um, you got batman beyond neil years collection we have Batman Urban Legends Volume 4. So that's cool. Obviously featuring a bunch of the different stories. Mm-hmm. And then we got Aquaman Andromeda, that collection, the hardcover. Uh, which is cool. Really looking forward is to the last issue of that. Is
1: there is there yeah, there's three issues of that? Yeah,
0: there's still one more, but it's not we have not got the last one yet, yeah. Sweet. Uh so thought of that to look forward to, which is cool. Uh Aquaman, 80 years of celebrating the King of the Seven Seas, Deluxe Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh they all did a one shot for him, though, are they? I don't remember there one shot being announced. No, I don't. That's weird. That, that. that yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, because obviously Superman had this as well when Action One Thousand came out. They did like a hardcover yeah. like this as well for him, but I, I don't think there's a corresponding one shot for Aquaman, which is a shame. Uh, Monkey Prince Volume One: Enter the Monkey. Very <laughs> cute. Uh so that's all the trades and collections they wanted to highlight uh here. Uh back of the single issues, you got Harley Quinn issue twenty-five. Uh so that's uh again a little bit oversized, a little bit more expensive because it's special. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we got Harley Quinn, the animated series, Legion of Bats issue three. Uh so issue three of six in that mini series. Batgirls issue thirteen. That is a weird front cover. Oh, that's a very nice cover. So there's uh a Dan Mora variant, which is uh, Batgirl in her old sort of Silver Age costume with Dick Grayson in his Robin costume.
1: Uh, there, There's the one. That's the one I was telling you about yeah.
0: before. Uh, yeah. Very, very pretty. Uh, I dig it. <clears throat> very nice. I, I do miss classic uh, Babs Batgirl costume with a yellow. Yeah, it is. The, I
1: love the gray suit animated series version mm. a lot. Like, that one looked cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh then we got Batman Nightwatch issue five. So that's uh still rocking. We got Batman Incorporated issue three, yeah. the Ed book, which is still the start, of course. We have Batman Beyond the White Knight issue seven, which is uh issue seven of eight. I mean, I add those eight issues total of that?
1: Dang, it's doing its uh Batman Beyond thing here with uh Blight. Mm. That's cool. Uh we got Batman Fortress
0: issue <laughs> eight. Uh, no comment I guess no <laughs> no that's fine no. Uh, Batman the Audio Adventures issue 4 Uh, so that's, that's I forgot they were doing that actually that's a neat yeah. little idea for a series Uh, Batman Urban Legends issue 23 Uh, which is notably the final issue of Urban Legends yeah. they're, they're wrapping that up and it's got a, a wraparound cover which has got like a, like not only all of the Bat family but a lot of related characters that have appeared in various stories at some point in Urban Legends so uh, it's a nice big ensemble cast really? uh, across the two, two pages of the cover. Um, so, yeah, I'll uh, just have a quick look here. Uh, Jamal Campbell's epic Nightwing two-parter draws to a close. Batman has to defeat the Time Commander. Uh, and the first graduating class of Arkham Academy decides its fate in future. So it's just kind of wrapping up the stories that were ongoing. Um, I'm not surprised this eventually ended, because even with the Batman name, I have to imagine that eventually uh, an $8 book just yeah, isn't going to keep selling
1: diminishing returns
0: yeah cause, well as time goes on as well like i feel like there was bigger names and bigger arcs in the early run which kept us reading for at least the first six to eight mm-hmm. issues but then you know i kind of fell away from it you still it for a little bit but as time has went on it's kind of felt less and less uh yeah relevant um it wouldn't have sold as well but i would have honestly liked it even more if it was uh you know, like, as much as I enjoyed Rosenberg's Grifter story, I think if it was, like, more like, oh, here's, like, you know, the Bat family members that don't have their own book getting continuous, like, stories, I'd, I'd, I'd have been maybe a bit more into yeah. it. It was a well, lot more, it... let's just do whatever we want around and, you know, do weird stories about, you know, and not that I'm saying other characters don't deserve to have stories, but mm-hmm. it was very scattershot, I guess is what I'm trying to It was. To
1: say. I mean, it, you had the Grifter story. You also had that uh, Cheer Drop story from Zdarsky in mm. there. That was that was pretty good. Um, Face the Bad Hound that I enjoyed. Uh, I want to go back and read Joey's stories in there. Um, he had one this week about Two Face, but I didn't have time to to get to it. So um, so so I just let that one go. Mm. But but yeah, no, I I do like the idea of this. I wish they would kind of do a DC thing like this, where people could you know just tell small stories in in a big you know chunky book. They don't all have to be revolved around Gotham. Um, probably would be picked pick that up a little bit more because then you get to see more characters. Like you're saying, like, this is just the Bat family, you know, that don't have books. I think well, I think we would have stuck with it longer.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I So yeah, I'm not surprised it eventually ended. I'm surprised it's ending before the future state Gotham book. But, you know, <laughs> uh, that's what it is. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel Issue 9 uh, is coming out uh, in December, so uh, mm-hmm. very neat. Uh, DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, this is the Bruce Campbell written book. You know, so much like the Riddler book, this is like the fascinating kind of like, oh I just want to see how Bruce Campbell is writing a comic book. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it's basically just doing Army of Darkness but with Sergeant Rock is an interesting proposition. Does he
1: give him the chainsaw hand?
0: I'd be too close, surely. <laughs> surely that's too close. He wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Chris Campbell's a man of integrity.
1: True. Can here's the thing. Um, can my wife watch Army of Darkness without having seen Evil Dead 2? Uh,
0: I mean there's a there's like a previously on at the start, so okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I suppose you could, but I would I okay. would say watch the trilogy. Watch all
1: three of them. Yeah, I know. Uh we we have Easy access to Army of Darkness, but not Evil Dead 2 right now, which is why I ask.
0: I would never skip a movie, but I think it would be fine.
1: Okay. I mean, I've seen uh, Army of Darkness is the one uh, Evil Dead I haven't seen. So... Mm. Yeah.
0: It's probably my least favourite, but uh, you know, it's, it's it's got different things to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, it's the. I mean, you've seen Oz the Great and the Powerful, so you will be flabbergasted when you noticed how correct I was when I said he just redid Army of Darkness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, almost beat for beat.
1: Well, because she really liked Drag Me to Hell. So we watched that a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, so no. I was like, hey, yeah, we can watch this. And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let me find Evil Dead 2. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to pay to rent it when we have all these streaming services. Like, uh, you know, so...
0: Well, just get rid of the streaming services and start getting the movies you want.
1: No, I know. I know. But...
0: <laughs> um, Alright, next up, DC Mech issue 6, that's wrapping up yep. in December. Uh, and then we have Fables issue 158 in December. So, that's neat. Uh, what's funny is it's issue 158, but it's 8 of 12. So, it's kind of interesting that it's a 12 issue mini, but they're continuing the numbering of the book. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I appreciate it though. I actually think it's uh, uh, nice in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got GCPD, the Blue Wall, issue three. This is the John Ridley book, which I am curious to check this out. Uh, mm-hmm. The six issue mini. Uh, obviously, I always say this when we look at solicits, but there's that weird thing when issue three solicited because it's like, oh, it's been ages since issue one was solicited, but we've not actually had issue one yet because we're right. You know, by the time we get issue four, we'll have read issue one and we can actually say something mm-hmm. about it, but. Uh, yeah, uh, there is a Steve Epting variant on this issue though, which is phenomenal. Quite frankly, uh, it's it's Gordon uh, Montoya and Bullock and a redhead who I'm not sure off the top of my head who that is, but uh, maybe it's just a character in the book. But yeah, uh, cool. Um, and we have Gotham City Year One Issue Four. Ish- uh, it's four of six, so very much looking forward Ish- to that.
1: Now that I'm thinking about it, you sure it's not Kate? Because Montoya's being involved? Uh
0: she's in a police uniform, so I don't okay, think so. Okay, so it's
1: definitely not Kate.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh because that, that's the thing. They're all they're all cops on the cover. So. Gotcha. Uh uh, yeah. So yeah, Gotham Year One mm-hmm. excited to check that out as well. Uh, the other Tom Kingman that's coming up. Yep, yeah. uh, um and I told the lie there. I said that by issue four being solicited, we usually have issue one to talk about. Uh, although, in my defense, this is issue four for early January, so this is actually technically a little advanced for, you know, which always happens, actually, with December. They always put the first yep. week of January kind of in there as well.
1: They throw those in,
0: yeah. Uh, because of Christmas and order cutoffs and things like that. Yep. Uh, I Am Batman issue 16 is coming out. Oh. Uh, so, that's cool. Uh, Nightwing issue 99. Ooh, getting close. I know, right? Uh really neat cover where it's just a black cover and the only thing that's not black is Nightwing's face and the logo on his chest, but the rest of it's just black. Okay. So uh kinda neat. Uh so obviously I would be uh I'd expect that in January we'll be getting a like a six dollar issue hundred or something with uh you know extra extra pages, extra goodies yeah. for all us fans of Dick. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Big Dick fans over here.
0: That sounds bad, Matt. Sounds like you're a fan of big I'm dicks.
1: Saying. Yeah. No. Wait. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna write. Hasn't <laughs> uh, DC put out a big dick energy shirt yet, with just Nightwing on there? I know
0: it's uh, uh, that would be like printing money. Why? Why? Why, yeah. why wouldn't they do that? It's, I'd uh, have four. It's, b- it's baffling to me, um, but yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So obviously it's one of my favorite runs right now at, at DC. Yeah. So uh, excited <laughs> yep. to see the build up to issue one hundred. Uh, Punchline: The Gotham Game, issue three. This is the Teeny Howard and Blake Howard uh, Punchline yeah. miniseries. So uh, very Beetlejuice esque Joker cover
1: for that one. God, I would damn say. Damn it! Would love to see that.
0: <laughs> uh, we got Scooby Doo. Where are you? Issue one one nine. We got Sword of Asriel issue six. Hmm? For all six of you Asriel fans, funnily enough.
1: And one of them's not here.
0: <laughs> uh, we got the Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries issue three. We got the Flash seven eight nine. Uh, oh, that's a pretty cool cover with the uh, the rogues on there. Uh, And Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, and what looks like the Flash and a block of ice because maybe Captain Cold uh, won the day here. Uh, Human Target issue ten out in December. Super pumped for that, of course.
1: How how do these? How do these? Oh my God, Nord's gonna be there. (sighs)
0: Um, yes, some nice covers. It's needless to say, some very nice covers. Uh, All of them, in fact, are very nice. So, very cool. Uh, we got The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, issue four, Matthew Rosenberg, uh, with DJ Domenico. Um,
1: Backup art by
0: Frank Villa. So did you say to me before that this was a, a, a change? This wasn't them last issue?
1: Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, they said the new writer of the new volume of Joker was Rosenberg, so I don't know why it's number four. So the the article that I had was it was the uh, number one, because I think this is a misprint. Because it's you know to get to the bottom of the mystery. So,
0: uh, wait. So do you think this is actually issue one? And this is a mistake.
1: I think so. Okay, let me, let me pull that back up.
0: Are you sure that you the article you read just wasn't like outdated and <laughs> like they were solicited? With I'll issue let you one? know right now
1: because mm-hmm. uh, he was retweeting it. Last night Rosenberg okay. was, okay. and that's how I saw this article.
0: Um, uh, if you're a fan of Beher- 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 Behermo's Joker, uh, he does a cover here uh, where he's he's got a, a marionette of Red Hood.
1: Oh no! And so he- the first issue is scheduled for October fourth. So this has gone under our radar.
0: No, I, I remember talking about the book. It wasn't under our so radar. I must,
1: I must have been, <laughs> I must have been gone from that from that episode, because this was news to me. But, so, th- this is why it's issue four.
0: But you, you you were here for issue two and three solicits, presumably.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that, though. <laughs> like, this was this was new to me.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, admittedly, if you'd asked me, like, who's writing Man Who Stopped Laughing, uh, like, a, a day ago, I probably yeah. wouldn't have remembered, but, yeah, like, I, I remember yeah. this. I remember talking about how they're renumbering and retitling the book with the new yeah. creative team coming on. I do remember that.
1: So we, you must have just breezed by it last time and I wasn't even paying attention.
0: Yeah, I probably did. I probably just yeah. skirted on past it. Uh, That's issue four. That's another early, early January uh, book. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a couple other ones that I've missed. I forgot to point out where early January. Uh, Tim Drake, Robin issue four. Uh, Out. Yep. In December. Uh, Titans United, Blood Pact issue four. Uh, this is the Kevin Scott book. Uh, I say that because I do not remember this existing, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, Wonder Woman 794, still the current creative team, no change there. And I guess I'm pointing that out because I'm kind of hoping for a <laughs> creative change. Uh, and that's why I keep saying that. Uh, But, there's a funny cover though. It's uh, like, it's like uh the Milk Extra carton and it's got missing Wonder Woman's photo on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's an amusing cover, I'll, I'll give it that.
1: Uh, I'm going to find that Jim Bartel cover see what that's about. For Wonder Woman?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> oh, it's actually. It is very nice. Actually, hmm? I, I I wasn't even going to look, but since you said that, I thought I'll okay. have a look. Uh, Young Justice targets issue six is out. Uh, and then we have. Hmm. what's
1: this next section? These are solicited with the November titles. It says at the top.
0: Ah, well, I see. So these are from last month's solicits, yep. but uh, because they're released in December, they've put them in the article, which actually is quite nice of them, to be honest. Which makes
1: sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I won't go through them. We went through them last month, but yeah. Uh, that is nice that they've included that in the uh, the set. Uh, there was an odd amount of like December sl- uh, books in November solicits, and maybe that's because they knew they were going to do a week of January and mm-hmm. December's, but I don't know. Weird. Uh, but regardless, uh, that's basically your solicits then for for the month. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh Mark Wade one shot in there, uh new prestige tw- uh, Tom King series at Black Label. Yep. And yeah, it's just yeah. You know, it's it's not as, uh, it's as shocking as two new Jeff Johns books that like last month's was, but it's still a pretty yeah. healthy uh batch of solicits. Mm-hmm. Um you know I uh, I was saying like two weeks ago, or maybe occasionally we will do an on DC book on the show. So I was actually just looking at See, is there anything coming up that might fall into a, like, oh, I'd want to talk about that on the show. The first thing that might fall into it is, in October, there's a Scott Snyder book at Dark Horse with Frank Avila on art. Mm. It's a horror book, and it's sounded quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I saw that too.
0: So. Um, uh, you
1: let me know, because that's something I would definitely show out for. I
0: uh, didn't think I'd have a hard time talking you into it, to be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Snyder,
0: Francovella, no. I, I I it's like I saw like Snyder doing a horror movie. I was like, oh yeah, that's maybe worth looking at and I was like, Francovella? Alright, yeah. okay. Now we're now we're cooking yeah. with gas. Uh but yeah, so you know. Uh yes. Uh but yeah, there you go. That's uh that's a, the solicits for December. Uh the only other bit of news that I'd like to tack tack on uh, that wasn't in as movie news because it, it's blown my mind out of nowhere. They just casually said this yesterday. Oh, there's going to be a sequel to Constantine, the Keanu Reeves movie starring Keanu Reeves. What? Uh, good good for Keanu. I don't mind Keanu getting a paycheck, but... Yeah. And I'll, I'll say it right now. I have never seen the 2005 Constantine movie. No. It, I, I thought it looked bad. I never wanted to watch it. And, so, uh, yeah.
1: people looked back with hindsight and was like, actually, it wasn't that bad. Um, cause there's been way worse since. So, sure. yeah. Um, I, I think it's also... I, I, I think remember, having
0: American on. Constantine just put a lot of people off, probably. Yeah, time.
1: like, so I remember like, our friend Alan, who was a huge Constantine fan, was like, look, he acts like Constantine, it's just off. It feels like parallel dimension Constantine. Um, so... And, it, and I think Tim, Tim's not a big, big on it. So...
0: Um, yeah, I just think this I mean, is so weird, right? C- especially given the last month we've had with Warner Discovery, where they're cancelling things, they're saying you know only certain things meet the criteria yeah. for being good enough to want to reestablish the brand, and then they turn around and announce a sequel to a movie from 2005. That even if you don't think is that bad, and some people clearly don't, I don't necessarily think it's got like a a big zeitgeist like following that you know people are clamoring for a
1: follow up to the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie. No, I don't know, but Keanu does like Keanu moves the needle so I'm sure that that's a lot into it
0: it's you just, know it's just a, I, I, I saw it and went wait what is April Fools what's, what's happening
1: what, I, what if it is a John Wick Constantine
0: <laughs> I don't think Constantine's supposed to be that capable with his hands uh, well we'll find out with magic sure
1: but not in like yes. you know hand to hand combat and no. gunplay yeah, no, so, you know, again, good good for Keanu, I'm glad he's been able to go back and revisit these things, um, stuff like, you know, Bill and Ted, and I just, let him try an accent this time.
0: No, don't, don't let him yes. try an accent. Yes, please. No, don't, that's a terrible idea.
1: Um, uh, didn't he have an accent, was it in Bram Stoker's Dracula?
0: It was, it was Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula. yeah,
1: yeah, so. Yeah, pretty pretty wild on that one. And there's really no other news around the movies, has there?
0: No, it's been a quiet uh week surprise other than just you know, the uh, the the only thing I saw them coming out with was uh the like I think Aslov said that um HBO Max is uh actually underpriced, <laughs> which okay.
1: <laughs> I hate when they say stuff like that. Good, good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I get mine through my cable login, so a price hike I don't think would necessarily affect me. Um,
0: wow! Well, but they're okay. taking content off of it. You're saying it's underpriced, and they're removing content, so you're yeah, going to put the price up and take content off it? I, I don't understand. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, so you know, it, it, uh, yeah, N- not a lot of uh, other DC news, but we, I mean, obviously, Solicits is the biggest news we have every month. So yeah, that that that, that more sure. than makes up for yeah. anything else yeah, on the comic
1: side. Um, but yeah, shoot. I mean, you still can't believe an Aquaman movie's coming out. It's weird.
0: Well, not for a while, it's not.
1: No, I know. But it just, there was a part in the solicits talking about the, you know, the anniversary, the 80th being around for the movie. And it's like, no. <laughs> I think that's what the movie was supposed to be <laughs> you Joe,
0: know what's so funny about this is that I would say movies, out of like movies, comics, and video games, movies is the one that once they set a date, that's the that's the the medium that i expect to stick to its date and not be delayed because they tend to you know pandemics aside which obviously moved a lot of things around Mm -hmm. they tend to stick to their dates. video games are terrible video games are notorious for being delayed comics aren't too bad but occasionally you get delays because of art or whatever um i think it's it's, i think it's really funny that these comic books were all being prepped for when these movies were meant to come out and because the movies keep getting pushed back, we get yeah. these weird... Remember we got, uh, was it Variant Month for... Uh... What was the movie? Was it Wonder Woman 84, maybe? Or was it oh something God, else?
1: I, that feels right.
0: Yeah, but there was like all these Variant covers, and it was like, the movie's not out now for months, and you've got all these Variant Wonder woman s covers for no reason, yeah. basically. So,
1: I... and, and it would have been okay if the movie landed, and it just didn't land. You know?
0: There was a lot more Batman Forever and Wishmaster in that movie than I was prepared for. (laughs) Yeah. Far too much. For sure. (laughs) Like, when you tell me the villain's plan mirrors Jim Carrey's plan from Batman Forever very closely, I I, I would not have believed you, but...
1: I also wasn't ready for a wishing rock in Wonder Woman. You know?
0: Hmm.
1: Not, Not when you have Max, Lord, and Cheetah, right? Like... I can understand a Dr. Psycho story. Yeah, That's the I thing. Wish You've got
0: these two very, very fascinating great Wonder yeah. Woman characters that have very complex dynamics with her in the comic books, and you revolve the entire plot around a MacGuffin that, I, I, I don't know, it's yeah, some poor choices. Weird. Poor choices but, were made.
1: But Pete, we got the Invisible Jet. So, they
0: did it. Don't say that. No, that's bullshit. That's like that is the, the worst of, like, modern fandom is, oh, forget bad storytelling. They gave us the Easter yeah, egg thing that's, we wanted. But that,
1: that's, that's why I said it, though. Because uh, when it comes to 84, that's the one thing I can hang my head on. Because it wasn't Cheetah, that's for sure. Uh, man, I've been... So, I was so mad.
0: It's so funny. Tim sent me a clip from Twitter last night of a YouTube Uh-oh. reviewer. Uh, I don't even know what we were talking about. I think it may it about a Star Wars thing, or maybe it was a... Yeah. maybe Maybe it was a Marvel thing. But basically the clip was about them complaining that there wasn't enough references in easter eggs, so therefore it's not very good. <laughs> and it was like, my soul was just dying on the inside. What
1: are we doing? I'm
0: not gonna name the YouTuber, but I hate- I, I, No, I, don't. I, I already knew I hated them, I already knew I didn't like this YouTuber, but this is like... This is this is, this is the, the worst of-
1: What are we doing? This, this reminds me back in the day of critique. watching The Flash and being like, I don't know, Captain Cold didn't really- That's not the Captain Cold I enjoy. And I remember someone going, was like, well, he was wearing the hood and he had the freeze gun. <laughs> All right, so that's the bare minimum, my guy. You know?
0: So. Yes, yes. The, the personality is not important to the character. It's just as, as long as they're wearing the yeah. the, the, out, the outfit, that's enough. Like, bullshit. Yeah. And I was Absolute like, that might have
1: been okay for 1994, but not in 2014. All right? Like, come on.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah. but yeah,
1: oh my god, I can't believe that person. They're not enough references.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I'm not bringing this up too right. I just I thought of it because no. uh of what you said uh, Tim yeah, was no, horrified. I mean, Tim had never heard of the person before and was horrified that it was a real yeah. thing.
1: I can't like I can understand you having a taste for that, but that doesn't make a thing be good or bad. That's just like bonus. Right? That's like, like the Cracker Jack prize. That the Easter eggs. Hmm. That's, I mean, they're literally called Easter eggs.
0: Yeah, like, for a reason, that they're...
1: Right. I just... Ay, ay, ay.
0: But yeah, so there you go. Uh, so some of the, the more shallow end of uh, uh, art mean. critique, I suppose. Uh, all right, let's get to the comics then for the week. Yeah. So uh, we'll dive in. What um, oh, did I close my tab? I did. <laughs> we'll Dude. dive into uh, Batman versus Superman, which is Mark Wade, And I don't have my list up. Mark Wade
1: and Mamuda Asrar.
0: Thank you very much. You're uh, I don't know why I closed that tab. That was a foolish move. There we that's go. Let's okay. it back. All right. So, yeah, so we knew that some, this is partly spying out of his other book, Mark Wade, uh, his mm-hmm. world's finest, because the demon Neza is going to be involved. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's interesting is it also feels very much like a follow up to the Robin series we just had, because yeah. it's following up in plot beats from that. Obviously, it's got a lot of Damien in it. So, yeah.
1: Um, knowing knowing what I know about Williamson, and I know how you know John's handpicked him, it definitely feels like he turned over his notebook to Mark Wade, and it was like, here, do your Mark Wade stuff. Yeah, um, and on
0: top of that, it's also referencing a lot of just recent Batman continuity. Yep. Uh, one big thing in particular we're going to get to very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so the opening of the book is basically just explaining Damien's backstory of, you know, born of Talia, trained by Batman, you know... Mm-hmm torn between two worlds Jeez. guilty over Jeez. Alfred's death and we get this very moody thing that I, I thought this was Damien in a hood going towards Wayne Manor me too yeah so you know it's uh it's very dark and it's raining but then there's like a flash of lightning you see this figure standing in the hood Bruce is inside the manor and he's basically just reminiscing and know, he, he obviously he's not living there right now he's living in the city so he's kind of he, he's got this kind of like oh I'm visiting something that's not quite home anymore kind of vibe
1: I did like that we were talking about. You know, you lose all your money and you move to the city. Is is not really how this goes. <laughs> uh, and now, now you're in a brownstone instead of the manor. And uh, I really liked Wade's inner monologue for Bruce here.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's uh, you know, and he's talking about how something feels quite weird. He was pulled here for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't know why. And then when he opens the door, this figure that's walking towards the mansion turns out to be Alfred. Uh, lightning behind him. And he's in shock. He doesn't remember anything. Like, you know, he remembers what Alfred would have known right before he died and doesn't know anything that's happened since then. You know, he comes in thinking that Damien's in trouble because he remembers him being tied up and stuff like that.
1: And yeah, there's a sense of dread that he had for for Master Damien. And yeah, yo, dude, I was shocked. I had no clue Alfred was showing
0: up. I had no idea this was happening. And maybe it's just because I'm good at avoiding. Uh, Mm -hmm. comic book, you know, Twitter and stuff now, so I just, I I stay spoiler-free. But Mm -hmm. this was kind of a a shock. To the point where I was expecting it to be kind of revealed to be something you know, a few pages later. I didn't think it was going to be something where we got to the end of the issue and it's still open-ended of like oh, is he really back? Yeah. Is this, you know, is he's, he's ghost? Is he going to leave again when the magic stuff that's going on, like, goes away? Or... You know, like I genuinely don't know. <laughs> also,
1: they uh Wade went out of his way to, to say that Bruce is like this can't be this can't be Alfred. We had him cremated. So remember in Williamson's run where he went to the grave and you know thought about using the Lazarus resin? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Wade threw that in to say that like this is there's something different about this resurrection. Um it's not just the Lazarus pit, it's not you know, there's, there's stranger things, afoot. Well, I like that um, Bruce is sceptical
0: because he immediately yeah. sort of starts running through his head, like, all the people this could be. Like, is it Clayface? Is it a shapeshifter? Mm-hmm. Um, is it a master of the sky? You know, like, he sort of goes through yeah. a bunch of options, and, you know, it, like, Alfred actually is touched that he's so sceptical because because he, he says he knows he's not hallucinating because Bruce exactly. is acting like Bruce. He, he knows that he's yep. really talking to, to, to Batman because of the way he's acting and responds. Yep. So, so Bruce questions a bunch of stuff and Alfred gets everything right. He knows how to get into the cave, he knows things that no one else would. Uh, yep. so.
1: so, I thought we'd definitely be getting Alfred back by next year after, you know, the, the crisis was over because, you know, we're going to have resets and whatnot. I didn't expect it to happen here because I, I think this is really Alfred. Um, and, and I feel that's something to do with, with uh, Nizza and all the magic being wonky. Um, so, uh, I mean, great. Uh, resetting the status quo, if you will, of, of Batman.
0: Yeah, um, it was a shocking start to the issue. Um, certainly the way that Bruce responded with skepticism mm-hmm. and kind of this, like, slow realization that there's, you know, it's getting harder and harder to doubt that it's real. hmm Um, I think it gave it a lot of weight. And then obviously you have this, the, the sort of the, the plot kind mm-hmm. of attacks, if you will when They go into the cave, and Damien's there looking kind of evil yeah. with Jakeem, who's like doing mm-hmm. his bidding, and uh, what Tim the magic user who's there yeah, as well,
1: uh, not Harry Potter,
0: um, <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's yeah. A fair way of putting it. Um, but of course, Damien's just acting evil immediately, and Bruce is like, Wait, what's going on here? You've turned, why have you turned? Yeah, uh, and Your Alpha stays out of sight for a bit. The fight goes on. There's a lot of fighting in the cave. Mm -hmm. Some fun stuff here. Your Jakim when the genie comes out, he ends up like raiding the T Rex, uh, (laughs) which you know, uh, this kind of feels like part of that Mark Wade. Just like, oh, I wanted to play with some characters that I've not gotten to use that much before. And
1: yeah, so 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 remind me of Jakim Thunder and the Thunderbolt. So what what can the Thunderbolt actually do? It's just a pure magic being. Yeah, he. he, uh,
0: like uh, he can possess things, so I'm assuming here he's possessing the okay. T-Rex, you know. Okay. Uh Gotcha. So I, I, yeah, I assume he's doing that. Obviously, he can do the he can fire bolts of things and he. Flies yeah, yeah. yeah. At I just couldn't
1: remember because I know he has the pen, and when he says the word, yeah, right. It's very Shazam esque. So um, I remembered all that, but I couldn't remember exactly what the Thunderbolt can do. Uh, and I was just like, well, okay, he's riding the T-Rex. That's cool by me, you know. Yeah. I think he can also just,
0: like, make things appear and stuff sometimes okay. as well. I feel like I've seen him do that. But, yeah, um, yeah so the fight goes on, and eventually Alfred ste- steps in, because, uh, and it's right as, like, some of the outfits are coming alive and <laughs> fighting Batman. Oh, man, yeah. Like the, the old Robin outfit, the old Batman outfits, uh, with no heads or, like, bodies in them, are just attacking him. Yeah. Uh, so, Damien says he's not falling for it, and he tries to go after alfred and and batman swoops in to save him Uh, and they end up having to run for it and they escape in one of the bat boats uh after damien tries to shoot batman um and well he does shoot batman he just obviously the armor uh, is able to take the take the hit so the big thing here is obviously there's a great moment here where they're on the boat and alfred's saying he needs to help you know fix whatever's happening with Damien. And I really there's a really great line here actually at the end of the what I'm about to talk about. But at the end of that page, uh it says we're up against an enemy that knows every weapon defense and every hiding spot we've got, let's rescue him. So there's a there's a nice sort of like attitude mm-hmm. from Bruce about 'cause it clearly something's wrong and he has to save Damien. Yep. Um but when Alfred's insisting that he wants to help and Batman says no you can't get involved. I need to keep you safe. I can't let this you know, your daughter and everything, they can't lose you again. And Alfred just screams, "That doesn't matter! Damn it, Bruce is my family too." That's the moment where Briss believes. Yep. And hugs him. It's a beautiful page.
1: That that hit me hard too because we saw the guilt that Damien had through the Williamson arc, right? Yeah. Um. And so just the fact that even even this version of Alfred is so forgiving that you know Damian might have gotten him killed because he doesn't Alfred doesn't really know, right? because bruce doesn't come out and say it
0: uh no he, he says that he got his neck snapped but he, okay. he i don't think he says that I'll uh that damien felt guilty about it or okay. that he felt responsible
1: right so this is just alfred going into alfred mode and being yeah. like we're we're gonna do this um and yeah it was a very nice heartfelt moment
0: yeah it's very good it's that it's that it's that you know, There's some choices here on the page as well where i think we had the art a little bit um where he says that is just a red, you know. It's, well, everything's red here because the lightning and the boat's all red. Yeah. But it's it's just this like one single panel, and then Brucey's reaction is on the opposite end and a separate panel. And the background of this page is just pure white, and then the, you know the main middle part is them hugging. It really does this thing where it feels that like the worlds went away in the moment of the hug, where nothing else matters because he's got Alfred back. It really gives you that vibe. It's it's really well done in terms of the the choice of the layout and stuff. Um. So, in the end of the issue is Damien going back to the Tower of Fate, and there's a lot of, like, magical artifacts uh, sticking around. He's talking to someone who's, like, talking, you know, either via telepathy or just, like, talking from a distance, uh, saying, oh, we can get you anything, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, magical artifact we can use to, to fight them. Um... Batman and Alfred go to try and see Zatanna because he's aware that this is magic based. Whatever's Mm -hmm. going on is obviously magic related. But when he goes to find Zatanna, she's actually been held up by a noose and something's wrong with magic. Like Damien somehow has corrupted magic and all magic users are in pain and are being Mm -hmm. tormented right now. So now they have to save everyone else. And it sounds like Damien's responsible for it. Uh, but the big reveal at the end is that he is working with Neza and Mother Soul. And given that we've read World's Finest and Neza's whole thing was taking control of people, I think yep. it's fairly safe to assume that he is taking control of, of Damien in some capacity.
1: Yeah. And Bruce hints at too dealing with Neza in his past. So it feels like this is a backdoor to make World's Finest a continuity, in continuity story. You know, where's kind of we thought, like, oh, this is just Silver Agey fun, you know. Um it definitely feels like at least the Nezoph part is is gonna be not pretty important but you know, informative to this going forward. Um and just the image of him sitting on that throne at Lazarus Island next to Mother Soul. It, it's a good image.
0: Yeah, with a bunch of GSA artifacts mm-hmm. just all sitting around as if they've just taken whatever they wanted. Yep. Uh no, I mean it's setting him up as a big villain and the idea that they're they're using Damien uh is because, you know, you, you read Batman versus Robin, you see Damien acting out of character, and he is out of yeah. character because, you know, Damien, by the end of Robin, had made peace with Batman. He was starting yeah. to become more mellow. He was starting to become more mature. And then here he's like, you know, the first time you see him in this, the way he's grinning, he's almost like grinning like the Joker when, yeah. when we first see him in this book. It,
1: there, there's definitely something off, and I felt that at first, too. And then I was like, wait, what are we doing? Are we going backwards? And it's like, oh, well, no. He, when, once Bruce mentioned that Damien's not acting like himself, is, is when it really came together there with that plot line. But yeah, yeah uh, him grinning like the Joker was a dead giveaway. But so the fact that he showed up with Jakeem Thunder and, and not Harry Potter.
0: Um, Which was very random. It was a very random yeah. but pair of characters for him to show up Yeah,
1: with. and I'm just like, okay. But no, I do like that that maybe through his hubris, he broke magic by allowing, you know, Nezah to come through. But like, who? Because the last time we saw in World's Finest... Uh Superman got him into the tomb. So how how did Damien get him out? You know, because remember he had to lock it from the inside.
0: Why are we assuming Damien got him out?
1: Because he's in control of Damien. Like I maybe through his through his uh what word am I looking for here? Overconfidence or arrogance? Something with Mother Soul, you know? Like I'm, I'm assuming this is Damien's doing by accident. Like I don't think he intended to summon him. I mean,
0: it may be, but like I have no reason. Yeah. I mean, why, why not just Mother Soul is responsible for letting them out?
1: I mean, maybe. We we did see she tried to do stuff with uh, with Lord Deathman, so
0: yeah, that was her plan. Like she was planning yeah. on doing stuff with Neza. So I've had right. that. I would assume that just she's the one that got Neza out, and then Damien, she's using, you know, Damien's there on Lazarus Island, and right. like you know they 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 rope him in and take control of him or whatever. So. Uh, I mean, uh, we'll find out. I'm not too, too worried, but that's just plot details.
1: We'll we'll find. Oh yeah, out. no, no, I'm not worried. It's just it's one of those things where I'm trying to put it together with what we know, um, so, um, and just following the line that we with just the rules, because as as you always say with magic, it's important that magic has defined set of rules, you know, and what we know about this this demon so far. But
0: the question is, is why is any of this resulted in Alfred coming back?
1: Right, that's that's the big mystery, um. I really like the stars art throughout, but we got to the page with with Etrigan and Jason Blood being caught in a in a uh, state of of transformation constantly.
0: It looks like the things you're doing the thing yeah. that that thing where it's this this like the two faces like sort of mm-hmm. like twisted and separated. Yeah, it looks like it that. Was,
1: and that, and then the Zatanna with with you know where she's what does she call it the um, Schrodinger's noose. To where she's she's both she's not dead but she's not alive, and that's how she's able to do this. Just that image with her crooked neck and it just it it is very horrific. Um, but but yeah, but uh, Astaroth balances that with like the stuff with Bruce and Alfred and how heartwarming that is. You know, some downright chilling stuff there too. It was just really really strong art. Yeah, no, the the book looks
0: pretty good uh, throughout. I. I... I appreciate that it has kind of different modes. Like the the opening is very moody, uh, mm-hmm. with all the emotional impact. All the fighting in the caves quite wacky and silly because it's got a lot of big concepts that they're dealing mm-hmm. with. you know using the T Rex, using the Thunderbolt, the the outfits with no people in them. Like there's a lot of like wacky, very Silver Age stuff actually in that fight. Mm-hmm. So Wade's not abandoning that sensibility, but nope. the rest of it does feel a bit more serious and it feels like it is very much a part of modern continuity and what's going on so if this is how we end up with Alfred back permanently I'm not convinced it will be permanent part of me thinks that he's going to fade away at the end of the story when they saw you know and they're going to know that they're going to know that by fixing things that he's going to go away and they're going to have to choose to do it and it's going to be heartbreaking that would be my guess right now of what's going to happen with Alfred is that they're going to have to say goodbye and because when they deal with Neza or whatever's going on he's going to just fade away and that's going to be very sad but uh that's the hero's choice and all that which almost makes me want him to never come back because it would it'll almost ruin this a little bit if he just comes back permanently in like another year or something you know
1: yeah no i just every time i know there's a there's a crisis there's that hard reset
0: of course yeah
1: Some things. so that that's where i thought we'd be getting off our back because it, it's been a couple of years at this point you know like they've had some restraint um so i almost i almost like uh like ready to see Alfred in uh, Robin, you know, just with the whole Lazarus stuff and like, you know, uh, Williamson trying to. When do when any, was when there, was
0: it? Was it 2020?
1: That Alfred died. Yeah. Oh no, we we're going back to to the the Bane stuff in uh, in Batman. So when when did when did King stop writing? It was like 2019. I don't remember honestly yeah. let's look um but yeah no 2020
0: is too too recent okay yeah, maybe that's longer than that i don't know uh the time you know. time and uh, that we on this show for the past uh yeah. seven years all sort of blends th- no, six years also sort of blends together
1: <laughs> yeah no it it does for sure
0: uh um, yeah, my, my sense of time is all kind of warped uh
1: No, there's no okay, no, I get that. I read I read that issue of so oh, I can't find it right off the top. This is great radio, this. Yes, this is fantastic. So um I need the issue number. Maybe if I just click on the Of course not. No, but that was so if, if we everything started in twenty sixteen, right? So the Bane stuff was about two years in. And Batman was shipping bi-weekly, right? Or is it still monthly? No, it was twice a month. It was, right. So, yeah, about, so I would I would guess it was probably 2018 by the time Alfred was dead.
0: So. That sounds possible, 26 issues a month, because it was some something like in the 70s or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah, it, may, it may have been 2018. Yep. Yeah. I guess it has lasted a bit longer than I've given it credit for. Um, But, uh, yeah. Uh, You know, I I, I think uh, this book is kind of an interesting concoction in that it actually feels super important for, like, you know, modern Batman continuity in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, And maybe by the end of the the mini, everything Mm -hmm. will be put back in the box and it won't actually affect anything. But right now it feels like it could affect things quite a bit. Uh, Mm. At the the very least, even if Alfred goes away again, it feels like we're dealing with some of the fallout of Damien's story from from his Robin series, and that when he does get, you know, fixed or put back to normal, he's probably going to have some, you know, beats to play out as a result of, like, being taken control of like this. Um, At the very least, I expect we'll get a a genuine Damien and Alfred, like, reunion scene uh, about before the end.
1: So I was off by a year. It was twenty nineteen. Okay. So, you were you were I guess I'll say you were closer because it was August twenty first, twenty nineteen. So you know it's been three years, um, Mm -hmm. since, so, which is forever in comics.
0: Yeah, it's not terrible, I suppose. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this uh this book was is surprising to me for what it is. Uh, it's surprising to me that it is. Is it feels like you know this? This could just be an arc in Batman. Obviously, it's very different from Zarsky. All I mean is, is yep. that this could literally just be the main Batman book right now. If it, you know, yeah, it, you know it could be. And uh, instead it's a mini. because you know Batman sells well enough that we can have like four or five Batman and, books at one. And time. And
1: usually, I would complain about that, but I like that it feels more important. It feels like this Batman versus Robin story is getting a spotlight because it's not in you know tech or. Batman.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, once again, Matt, despite complaining, is going to be reading multiple Batman books every but month. But you
1: know what? If you put, you know, Wade, Zadarsky, Ram V <laughs> y- They're forcing my hand. Like, I can't not. Like, those are all... All creators that I really enjoy. So... Mm-hmm. So, okay. there you go. <sighs> Embarrassment of riches. I know. It's, uh... It's wild well stuff. Uh, so,
0: what are you giving... Batman vs. Robin, issue one.
1: I'm um, giving this
0: an 8.5. Yeah, I'll agree with that. 8.5. Uh, Ours, ours very good without being great, I would say. You know, I really like the hug moment and stuff and I, I think the, uh, the, the different colors, you know, the red in the boat versus the blues in the cave mm-hmm. uh, and the nighttime stuff versus, uh like, like, towards the end when it's, like, it was a lot of, yeah. you know, purples and stuff with the, uh, like when they wait to see Zatanna, you know, there's a lot of good color schemes for the different scenes, and you know. So, uh, but no, it's good. It's good stuff. So, there we go. Uh, Dark Crisis: World Without a Justice League, Wonder Woman, Issue One. Tini Howard and Brandon Peterson. Um, I opted not to read this. Um, simply, to be perfectly honest, I didn't want to. <laughs> it's as simple as that. But.
1: It, it's hard to justify these. Um, just because they they heavily lean into the what if mm. kind of factor. What's um, it, sad and, about it
0: is even though the like the premise fits into what they've set up with Dark Crisis and that they're all in their own little world, so they yeah. can do little stories. Even what even though it's set up, it still just kind of feels like, well, yeah, but are the worlds the end that important? Does it really matter when by the time they come back? Probably not. Uh, so for me, this was a case of. I don't, you know I've not really liked what I've read from Tini Howard, so I, I I'm just not, I don't I don't want to read it. That was basically my feeling.
1: Yeah, so I was this one I wanted to read the the Martian Manhunter Dan Water story. Mm. Um, so but in order to get to that, I read the Wonder Woman story, and like it's it's not terrible, but it's just it's like you said, n- for exploring the characters, it's good. So I I did enjoy the Superman one for what it was, where it was Superman coming to terms with missing out on the those years of John um, and him wanting to be protective. Uh, the second one was the green Lantern one. Right. And that was him like, yeah. Dealing with, with his mom and his, you know, niece. Right. And, and that type of stuff. Um, so this is, is Wonder Woman coming to terms with her place in the world where um, she's, she's the only superhero. Cause there's no justice league. So she's in the full armor. You know, it's kind of the, the eagle list stuff. And Etta Candy's become the president. Uh, and she's being sworn in, and she's being sworn in on a book from Themyscira. So Diana comes to congratulate her friend. And it looks like this is her second term. Um, and she's, you know, Diana's there to pick up the the book and take it back to Uh, uh And she she brings it back, and she has Edda with her. And the uh, Hippolyta inducts Edda into being an honorary Amazon because that the battle she fought wasn't with swords and shields, but with words and ideas. And that's how she was able to become president. Um, and it's, it's a real nice moment. And uh, the rest of the Amazons are, are celebrating. And there's one called Minerva and she's wearing cheetah print. And she's another one that's been inducted into the to the Amazons for, you know. Time served for for things that she's uncovered as um as an archaeologist, um and that uh, you know she's just there to celebrate and Diana's running with Jumpa, so we're getting a lot of this you know Wonder Woman type stuff and jump to the kangaroo
0: in... for anyone
1: who's not familiar. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Should have been more clear. It just I feel like it doesn't come up that often, so just yeah. you know. Um. So she's with the kangaroo and She's looking for Hippolyta, and she sees her into this, like, big, like, tower, and she follows her in there, and uh, there's a, like, an oracle with her, uh, like, from the Oracle of uh, Delphi, and there's also scientists from, like, the outside world, and she looks over, and Diana gets confused because this looks like a missile silo, Uh, and it doesn't track what, you know, what Diana knows about the Amazons. Um, And she gets upset because she feels that that they've brought man's weapons into their world. And that's the ultimate betrayal. So uh, she starts fighting the the Amazons. Apollo's like, no, you're not listening. You know, you're, you're being too rash. And as Diana falls down into this missile silo, she starts seeing what she thinks is the truth. And it's like, you know, an atomic bomb detonation. Dr. Psycho laughing and she falls into like this inky black stuff and Hippolyta uh, freaks out and yells at the other Amazons you, you know you never let my daughter this close to the well of souls. While she's down there a voice starts talking to her and it's Dr. Psycho and uh, Diana's confused and she she wraps the lasso around his hand and you know, as he tells the truth that the, the man's world found the Amazons and um, they tried to take them over, but they, the Amazons fought back. And that's why the status quo of the world exists to where Edda can become the president. And they took Dr. Psycho and they put him in the well of souls because Gaia, um, who's, you know, the Mother Earth deity, demanded a sacrifice. And that sacrifice would be to chain up Dr. Psycho. In the well of souls and uh that was diana that had done it and um gaia had wiped diana's mind so she couldn't remember any of it so then it couldn't be undone um and so it turns out that it's not a missile it's a ship because the mascara is um being destroyed um because of of you know now that dr psycho is uh back on leash because of Diana um, in that um, Apollota tells him that she should have just let Dr. Psycho be in there because that was the sacrifice. Um, But Diana being ever the hero is like, no, no, that's not how we do things. It's not how I was raised. Um, So she ends up staying on the remnants of, of the mascara while her sisters leave on the ship um, with Dr. Psycho to, you know, because that, you know, that is what, that's the justice that she wants is, you know, now they have to learn from each other. And like, it's fine. Uh, the art by Layla DeLuca is, is decent. Uh, Diana looks cool and and like the design for the armor, but it felt very, the parts of 84 I didn't really like. Like, you know, when she's in the armor and it just, it kind of looks wonky because to me, <sighs> Diana's armor is herself. Like it's, it's the bracelets and it's her being able to de-escalate. So when you put a character like Wonder Woman in armor and make her more of that kind of warrior that that swings the sword first Mm
0: -hmm. instead of
1: just, you know, having the bracelets or the shield for defense. I don't know. It doesn't, that doesn't seem to me like an ideal version for Diana. Uh, But her saving Dr. Psycho and, you know, trying to be, you know, trying to have her sisters, but also being the sole sole representation of the Amazons and Man's World. I feel is the crux of this, and like, it's fine, um, but it, yeah, it, it's definitely the least of the three so far, if we're not counting the backups. Because what was? Do you remember what the second backup was in the Green Lantern issue? Because one I, of them was Hot Girl, and I can't remember the other one.
0: I was going to say Hot Girl, but maybe if that was Superman, then uh, yeah, who else would that have been? Know, had Aqu- Flash. Aquaman. It was Aquaman. Oh.
1: Aquaman was in Superman, so Hawk, Hawk Girl was in there. And that one. So so far, this is kind of the least out of those. Um, but yeah, the the backup, and I'm gonna try to do this as, as well as I can because I read this before bed, and because of this the the vibe that Dan Waters is going for with this Martian Man on her story, um, I don't think I quite got all of it. Um, but it's <laughs> yeah. It it's called uh, What Does Paradise Look Like on Earth? And uh, everything is in black, white, gray, and red. So the art in this, uh, which is by Brandon Peterson, is the strong point. Like, it's it's very stark. And there's so far, we haven't had a story like this or art like this in one of these books. Um, but uh, the police call Martian Manhunter in to look at this crime scene where a guy's head, uh, he's been, a guy's head, has been removed from his body. So he's been decapitated and he's in a pool of blood. And then someone wrote that phrase, what does paradise look like on earth on the wall uh, in it. And so they bring in John because he's, you know, the Martian Manhunter and that, you know, um, they ask him if he's ever seen anything like this before. And he tells the, the cops, you know, I, I arrived on earth a long time ago before the superhuman attacks and environmental concerns. You know, I've seen a lot. This is the first time I've seen something like this. Um, because nothing nothing will ever be, you know, nothing will ever shock me that what you humans do to each other. And then when it cuts to them, all the people have Cthulhu faces. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is going on? And um, yeah, so, so that's the form Jean's taken to, to blend in. But all the humans have squid faces. And... Um, you know this is where it starts to come apart really uh, Jean says as ridiculous as the way humanity used to walk around on the planet. looking, I mean seriously, a single centralized brain, no adaptive camouflage so for whatever reason in Martian Manhunter's ideal Earth everyone's a squid person I don't know um,
0: he's but been, it, what what is not telling you, he's been playing Splatoon with his free time sure now everyone's a squid now
1: yeah so it's you know a a murder mystery here where they're trying to figure out why this has happened and him ruminating on humanity um and he even talks about how no one had like telepathy and and you know everything is you know everything was different and uh it's been the pain and the suffering that you know the that drive this world um and uh it goes to his wife and you know, they're, they're talking about the case and you know, nothing is sitting well with him. Um, And this is where I got really, really lost because I was reading this late. Um he, John ends up coming and finding who, who did it, but it looks like John, the Martian man owner that we know. So it's, it's got his form, and it's someone talking to him that says this isn't film. This isn't even real as a film. It doesn't matter. None of this is real. None of it matters one bit. It's all a false paradise. So I don't know if this is, the, you know, our heroes from the Dark Crisis trying to break through to him. Um, but yeah, it's his form that, that had kicked all of this off. And it's almost like it's Jean trying to piece the mystery together of why he's on this earth and why nothing else, like even in his subconscious knows that that nothing's right. Um, and it ends with him killing the, the you know, Justice League version of himself um, for him to, to wonder what exactly is paradise. And if this is paradise, welcome to it. Um, I, I guess what I got out of this the most was, Jean's ultimate place is somewhere where everyone's like him, but he's still, you know, an alien, right? Because he's not exactly like them. They've become closer to him. Um, But yeah, it was a very weird, moody kind of story that I probably should have revisited before talking about on the show. But I was also kind of counting on someone else to have read it so rather than have been you or Connor oh it's my fault though <laughs> no no it's not your fault because sometimes a story like this is better when you have stuff to bounce mm. off of okay, people okay. right um, but yeah it's it definitely is one of the stronger of the stories just in the way that it looks and the way that it feels uh, and the fact that the ultimate perpetrator is who we recognize as John Johns or John Jones um, but yeah so the art alone in this one puts it over the Wonder Woman story for me. So just as a whole, I would give this whole one like a seven, because um, it's it's not bad, but it's definitely you know, definitely just more of what we've come to expect from these Dark Crisis specials.
0: Yeah, which is exactly why I didn't want to read it. <laughs> <And> that's
1: why <laughs> right. I would definitely say if if you can get around to it, that that like if they ever collect these and you can get the collection for cheap, this Martian Man story is pretty pretty decent.
0: For what it is so uh I'm sure there will be a collection I have no doubt yeah. about it uh so cool all right everything you drink is so loud
1: and <laughs> i'm try I-, I didn't know if you wanted me to mute it, so I'm gonna meet it real quick all
0: right very good uh so uh Superman son of kalel issue fifteen Tom Taylor writing seeing termmate on the art. Uh, this is the finale to the current arc. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. going to Cali L. Returns next issue with Action Comics as well. So this is uh, you know we had the cliffhanger with uh, Jay's mother being controlled by Bendix, being the the big kind of lead in get into this. And what's funny is that I you know we, we didn't like the reveal that his mother was the president, and that, you know that that that, that yeah. was our least favorite part of this story up until this point. I will say it did an okay job with um like so there's there's a moment here where jay's like hey you made you you did this to me i I, you can't touch me because i can just you i'll just phase Mm. and you'll go through me you can't punch me and he's like well become corporeal right now so i can hit you or i'm going to make your mother's head blow up is basically what he says and that's like okay so yeah he has to go physical so he can get hit so he starts beating him up and Jay's getting the crap kicked out of him, and he has to let himself get the crap kicked out of him to save his mother's life. Yep. I thought that was an interesting little device, like as a as a it, plot
1: thing, you know? Yeah, it really showed the difference between Bendix and Luther, right? Hmm. Luther isn't that petty, right? Like Luther would just blow blow the lady's head off, and then be like, "This is your fault for showing up." Whereas Bendix definitely wants to get his hands dirty. Which I, I do appreciate Tom Taylor taking the time to.
0: What uh, was I was fun about that though is that he's also too much of a coward to actually get his actual hands dirty. He's doing right. it through puppetry, effectively.
1: Right, right. Um, so yeah, so he's he's trying to do that, and I, I thought it also made for a good moment for Jay because it shows where his line is, right? That um, he still does want to save his mom, uh, uh, and and you know, in effort the the rest of. Um, shoot i just drew a blank on on there um i almost called it genosha and that's the wrong universe
0: <laughs> <laughs> no uh, no definitely definitely not that no uh um, gamora is the word you like. Gamora, there we go and it's uh, G. yeah no nah, like so he's on his own as well because i it basically like, hey, I, because bendix is focused on me i can keep him busy so jay uh, so so you know john you can go and mm-hmm. you know save everyone else and uh, get all the, the controls turned off and free all of the super-powered beings that are being controlled to fight everyone. Uh, And there's some fun stuff here. There's a lot more stuff where like people who work for Bendix are happy to just kind of, like, go along and help them. Like, yeah, I love we're done that, with- too. Yeah. We're done with that shit, you know? We'll uh-huh. need for it. Uh so we get this little great little montage where like it's the, the revolutionaries are fighting these various people and they all just sort of stop and kind of go, Where am I? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh and it ends with the dreamer hugging one of them, which is actually kind of a sweet little uh, moment. Yeah. Uh, well
1: I also like that, that they're like, Oh, Bendix is gonna be in his tower, but only he can get in. You're gonna need like your own teleporter and everything is DNA locked, and John's just like, I got this. So he goes to get Wink. Mm-hmm. Uh and then they they go in and he severs all of the ties, and that's when the people stop and look. And I thought it was all handled really, really well.
0: Um, yeah, no, it, it was a good finale where everything kind of was sort of bouncing around and it all felt mm-hmm. like it was climaxing together. Uh you have immediately Luther calls Bendix and says, Okay, you're done. No, this this whole thing's uh in the toilet. <laughs> you, you've ruined uh... everything. Uh, and it really it does a good job of saying now Luther's much better at this than Bendix is. Bendix is is overreaching too much. Yeah. Uh. So that's all really nice stuff. Uh, and you also get the nice little payoff as well, especially in a mm-hmm. week where Damien's being controlled and being evil in another book. It was really yeah. nice to have good Damien in this book where he's the one who sneaks into where Bendix is and severs the connection yeah. so that he's no longer controlling uh Them Thingy's all. mother. Uh. Yeah. And. We get this great panel of Damien and Silhouette, uh, who's like, You've been messing with my friend and he comes over and smacks him for messing with John. It's, it's very yeah. sweet, uh, honestly.
1: It, right, and that's the Batman meme. Right? Of of the smack to Robin.
0: You right it is, yeah. Yeah.
1: And that that just <laughs> I'll be me
0: honest, up. I never even noticed that, but yeah. now that you've pointed it out, it is what, that panel, yes.
1: It's yeah, it's that, but it was the red background that made me uh, it's
0: Clark. the the probably one is what we're talking about. Yeah. It's the My Parents Are Dead, Batman Slapping yeah. Robin panel. Uh it's right. part it's kind of like homaging that uh homaging? Mm-hmm. Homaging. Homage. Homaging. Yes. However you say it. That's uh a fun word. So yeah. But no, uh, it's it's nice seeing uh Damien stick up for John in this weird way mm-hmm. where uh you know John's not even around to see it. This is just something Damien's doing on his own because he's pissed about mm-hmm. it. Uh but yeah, so this all leads to uh, another big climactic moment because any's you know, panic, Bendix rushes and teleports to their, their space station mm-hmm. and tries to laser beam Gamora and destroy it with his Death Star style technology. Yeah. Yeah. Few things I love about this. I, I love the build up to it. I love Dreamer getting a vision of it and being like John, you have to go mm-hmm. deal with this. My favorite panel in the book by far is the panel of John in space actually taking the blast of this laser beam. Um, I love how small he is in the frame, and we just see space behind him. It just feels very epic, and also very kind of... uh, You know, like, I think this book doesn't, like... You know how sometimes in action comics right now, uh, Mm -hmm. like, we talk about how Philip K. Johnson does this thing where... He sort of treats so- Superman through the eyes of all the people who look up to him. Yeah. So you have this this feeling of uh, awe, this feeling of inspiration. I yeah. would say that typically this book doesn't have that and it, it treats Superman, and John specifically in this case, I mean, of, uh, of it, the people. He's, he's more like uh, a Peter Parker, where we're mm-hmm. with him the whole time and he feels like a mm-hmm. relatable human being. I think this moment sort of just for a second said, no, we're putting him in that position where he feels yeah. larger than life and awe inspiring when he's he takes mythic. this laser hit yeah mythic yeah that's a good yeah. word uh yeah. so uh i really loved that moment uh and then uh, lex Luthor kills Bendix by <laughs> opening the airlock <laughs> yep and letting him go to his death and then self-destructs the whole thing
1: uh I, I love that luther was waiting there in his you know luther suit uh because he knew bendix was gonna try to do something stupid yeah
0: um yeah, uh, yeah a couple of interesting little beats here is that whilst john's absorbing all this hit Something weird happens to his body where he's—he's he's, his hands turn sort of like a bluey-purple color and his eyes sort of turn that color as well. So maybe we're manifesting some kind of like either defect or new power or something uh, that we'll explore over time.
1: But, yeah, because he doesn't say it's something bad. It's almost like how I read it was it was almost <clears throat> like a self-preservation thing. Like his body just went into a different mode.
0: Hmm. Uh, but it's something we're definitely going to explore in the future. Uh, yeah. Lex self-destructs the space station. Interesting um, little beat for him is that he's like, oh, a super teen, you're willing to sacrifice yourself to save others. I'll take, adv- I'll take advantage of that in the future. And I'm like, you say that, Lex, like, that's not what you always do with Superman. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's no maybe,
1: maybe he thought John was different, right? Maybe he, w- he wasn't uh, as much like his dad as he thought. Um but yeah, no Lex. But he is though. That's the point. No, I know. But Lex, you know how Lex is. You know, Lex Lex thinks he's always right even when he's wrong.
0: Mm. Uh so yeah. Yeah, so everyone's sort of calming down after in the aftermath. Um And it ends with uh, John kissing Jay in public in front of people filming, so yeah. their relationship as well as both of their identities. I mean yeah. obviously John was already public with his identity, but now yeah. both of them are going to be uh so cool. you know it's...
1: and and the truth is out of the shadows, I like that too, you know is that mm-hmm. jay it seems like Jay can run the truth now without having to wear a mask um you know uh which is which is pretty cool,
0: yeah, so yeah, maybe there'll be some ramifications of this, and people you know uh mm-hmm. like knowing who he is and uh i you know i I think given what this 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 arc has been about and like, you know, whether or not like, can we trust, you know, Batman putting that seed of doubt in, in John's mind and stuff like mm-hmm. that. The, the, the idea of being willing to sort of share this relationship with the public does feel like the, kind of a fitting ending to it. So, um, I actually thought this final issue, after maybe a couple of weaker issues in the, the the run, I think this final issue was actually a pretty solid conclusion to Sark. Yeah. Uh, but I am excited to maybe move on from Gamora and away mm. from... Uh, like jay's mother and stuff like that and yeah yeah and we definitely are at least for one arc because we're doing return mm-hmm. of kal L. So.
1: yeah and from solicit there's a new villain that, that's being introduced like a brand new so that makes sense uh, but, i think yeah so that'll be cool to see but no um yeah it, it didn't feel rushed like i was worried this ending was gonna feel rushed but the way that it bounced around from the characters um I, it was really well handled i
0: think i think what was smart in the writing to me is that everything that happens in every scene directly sort of affected what happened yeah. to others in the next scene so there was a very natural flow to it where oh so or oh, the puppetry like system for controlling the metahumans is is like taken away very next scene that affects all the fighting going on outside right uh, you know and then so on and so on like there was always kind of like a knock on effect to the next scene so it was it never felt like it was just jumping for jumping' sake, and right. that that is really impressive, actually. And I think it made this feel like a really well constructed issue.
1: Yeah, i've I've heard when people write TV, instead of saying "and this happens," you do "this happens, therefore this happens," and that felt very much like this issue.
0: I basically was yeah. for all writing, to be honest, in some capacity. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but like when you're writing weekly TV, it's it's really easy to fall into like the uh, the the lazy. Type of writing, you know, um but yeah. So I felt that especially in this one because, like you were saying, they were talking about like, like you said, he needs a teleporter, so he goes to get Wink, and then because he has Wink, he can get into there and free the people and stop the fighting and all of that. It was, it was like you said, it was really well balanced throughout.
0: Yeah. So, uh,
1: and the art solid
0: enough. You're seeing termies is has been fine on this book. I, you know, I yeah. don't love the art; it's not like amazing, but it's. Uh, very solid. Like I say, that one really special standout panel of John taking the mm-hmm. the blast. Um, otherwise, I would say it's a slightly quirkier house style uh, at DC.
1: Yeah, I, I would say I feel this is Tori's strongest issue, and I don't know if that that's the inks and the colors. I don't know if they were mm-hmm. different. Does does Tori always ink their art? I have no idea. Because I just checked the credits page, and they're listed as an inker here. So, um. Yeah, but I feel the art, the art feels a little bit more hefty in this one than it has uh, before. But I, I like it a lot. I think I i like the, like his, his Luther in the suit is super bulky, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his style really blends in for that. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other moments that stood out besides, I mean, Damien there in the shadows, you know. After connected yeah, that disconnected, a good uh, that's that's really well handled because it's it's very much a Batman panel in a Superman book. So, but you know, I like I like Tormi's art. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, mean, I, I I like it well enough. I just don't think it's you know standout. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it would be it would probably be a a very low quality art week if I gave Tormi my art of the week. I'll put it that way. Okay, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, but no, uh, no, it was a good final issue to the arc uh and the arcs had its ups and downs i would say uh especially for you know we tend to praise yeah. taylor a lot on this show yeah. i think this has definitely been overall one of taylor's weaker things that we've read but that's just because yeah. he typically is a bit more impeccable than this
1: yeah everything's a lot you know stronger <clears throat> right like there's there's a high level of yeah. clearance
0: so, so whereas this felt a bit more like yeah there's a weak issue here or there there's some ids mm-hmm. in the story that maybe aren't as good as the rest of it and so on okay. So, uh, what are you yeah. giving Batman? Uh, sorry, S- Superman, son of Kal-el. How
1: dare you, sir? On Batman Day, nonetheless. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give this a seven point
0: five. Uh, I uh... oh, actually I'd go at eight uh, for this one. Yeah. To be honest, uh, I'm surprised you went that low. Uh, uh, I think this is one of the better issues of this arc. Uh, so yeah. I'm happy to give it the eight. Uh, so yeah.
1: There
0: you go. All right, Wonder Woman seven nine one. Becca Clinton and Michael Conrad writing with uh, Marguerite Savage on the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, slight confession to make here. Slight. <laughs> look at the look. at' my, my staring daggers at me right now. Um, I started reading this, <laughs> and no, 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 no. At a certain point, at a certain point. I was like, I don't think I want to read the rest of this issue. I really don't like this. And then I sort of half, I sort of skimmed and read the odd page of the rest of it. I, 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 I was not feeling this issue, needless to
1: say. Either was I. Yeah. Um, I, I was here for Cheetah, okay? And I, I became that, I don't, know, uh, I don't know how much of the Simpsons you remember, but when Poochie gets introduced, all the executives are like, we want people <laughs> asking, where's Poochie? And I was like, where's Sheeta? Where's Sheeta? I kept flipping. I was like, we'll get there. We're in the jungle. We'll. Took to the last page. Yeah. Almost the last
0: page. Yeah. It's a reveal in the last page what's going on with Sheeta. Uh, my, my thing with this yeah. is that, first of all, I, I, I'm not really into Savage's art.
1: See, I like Savage's art. Um, so I, I would say the art is the high point in this one for me. Um, a lot of the the more natural. Kind of stuff it fits like in the jungle, and once we start getting into laboratories and all this other stuff, it's a little bit iffy. But I, I do see, like the open nature spots are are pretty good.
0: Yeah, there's um, just something about it I don't like. It's not that it's, I,
1: I remember it, you talking about that in the future state Supergirl. Stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not that it's it's purely drawn per se, but there's something about uh the it's colors, specific style, the colors, sure. and the shading, of the colors. I, I just I, I don't like it very much, and. So that was like a stumbling block. The other thing that put me in a sort of just off on the wrong foot where I just didn't want to read it early on is that the first like four or five pages are mostly talking about the event that we didn't read because we didn't want want to, (laughs) the big crossover. So it was kind of alienating in that sense. And I'm not necessarily blaming it for that because if you you did read the crossover, you're probably happy that it's still quite relevant. You didn't just read some meaningless thing. But it did make the start of this feel really like a chore to me to get through. So I just kind of skimmed the rest of it, and I think it. You know, when I made that choice to just skim the rest of the issue, I was like, I think I'm out on this run until it was a new team. Me-
1: yeah, I know. Me too. I I hit my limit. Um, because I last week I said I'll, I'll- cause i because th- I was on a stop before, and then I saw Cheetah, and I got excited. Ah, uh, well. We I-, I
0: I thought uh, when you said that, I said nah, I'll I'll keep reading until it's done. I've read enough of it now, yeah. but. I, I wasn't. Ex- I was expected to keep the quality, even though I wasn't that happy from before. I was expected yeah. to be at least as good as the last issue, and I think it's actually worse for me. I wasn't into this yeah. at all. No,
1: I wasn't into this either. I, I appreciate what the message of it was with them teaming up with the escasila to to see what's going on in the jungle because someone's harvesting these flowers. And so again, it fits and in like to- the story.
0: It's like toxic waste, you know, barrels yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and... so, it's, so it's basically just Diana goes with them to the jungle and then infiltrates this secret lab and, you know, there's experiments going on. There's some dodgy big operation happening. Um, and the big reveal at the end is that they've got Cheetah in a cage and are probably experimenting with her uh-huh. in some way. Yeah. Uh, there's a reveal at one point that it's Kale Industries who's behind this place, so Veronica yeah. Kale might be coming back out of the picture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, I... I I I just you know I had that sort of sad realization after a few pages where I don't really want to read this. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, no, I should try a little bit, and I, I I just kind of skimmed and I sort of like read some bits here yeah. or there and got the gist of what was going on. But ultimately, this was the issue where I went, yeah, I don't want to read this 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 run anymore. I, I, I want to read Wonder Woman, but I'm I'm now off until there's a new creative team. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so so the stuff that they're looking for is the devil's heart, which is rare, and small doses. It's said have medicinal properties. So it seems like they're again they're, the the writers. It's uh, who is it? Conrad and um, Clunin, Clunin. That's right. Are are really trying to lean into the you know, you know, industry messing up the the natural world. Um, and there's some there's some good images here, like when Diana's talking to the Escasita. Uh, like profit, like the stuff with the skulls and the plants, like on the lilies and whatnot. Um, it looks, you know, really cool. Um, I just wish, again, the story added up to it. And you got, you know, Diana dressed in like Indiana Jones-esque clothes, and I get excited. And then she gets out of the jungle and immediately into one of these labs where there's just like, you know, effectively red shirt guys, you know, just kind of standing around. And the art, I mean, Savage's art really doesn't do much with people just kind of standing. So I started to tune out a little bit there. Um, But but yeah, Uh, also, I I don't like the idea of Checkmate being just essentially Etta at a desk. Like, I don't know, Checkmate's one of those properties that I like. It's, you know, kind of the bigger, the better. And here, they're just kind of, you know, it's Etta playing backup for Diana. Which I think is just a weird
0: choice. I Well, I think it's just, nothing is really different. It's it's just like, it, it, when she was with the military, or she was with the, the mm-hmm. government, it was just a case of calling Etta for help, and now it's still just right. the same. She's just uh, technically at a different desk.
1: <laughs> right, but, but, but Checkmate's been so, tr- to me, like, I'm talking about the Greg Rucka level, you know, Checkmate. To me, it's like this big, grand organization with, like, Waller, and now it's essentially just Etta at a desk. Because the whole HQ, you know, um, yeah, it's just, it's weird to me. Uh, and then just seeing Cheetah just in a cage on the last last page, you know, I kind of wanted more of there. So, mm-hmm. you know, just left, left disappointed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think we're out on this this book, sadly, yeah. uh, for now. Obviously, it's a, it's a long, it's never going to stop. So once the new team's no. on it, we'll uh, check it out again. Yeah. Uh, so, what are you rating, Wonder Woman
1: 791? I'm gonna give this
0: a 6.5. I'll abstain, purely because I didn't read it properly. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't I won't do it the service of actually giving it a score, but uh, I, I think that speaks enough on its own <laughs> that I didn't even want to read it all. So, Batgirls issue 10, Becky Clooney and the Conrad writing with Neil Gouge on the R. It's, it's so funny that um, as Wonder Woman is at a point where I'm like, no, I'm done. The same pair of writers. Um, like, I feel like Batgirls <laughs> has only gotten better <laughs> since it started. Uh, it still has the, the weird third-person, like, meta narration, where they're, they're referencing the editor of the book and stuff like that. But otherwise, though, uh, I think this book has gotten really good after its first arc finished. The first arc was a bit too overstuffed. Uh, here, you know, last issue, they they found the hidden message, the the, the cipher in the eye of the victim, and this issue is about trying to solve that cipher. Maybe teasing some of the you know, people that play Killer motts in it again, and you know, he shows up at one point. Um, so had a, a good fun time with this. Uh, Steph and Cass are at the library because they're trying to solve the cipher, and they're be- thinking that because it was found in an eye, that that's a clue as to what book will help them, you know, use the cipher. So they're doing research and Steph runs into this guy by accident and he ends up helping. So there's a bit of a new love interest for Steph being kind of introduced. Um, while Babs is trying to like play nice with, uh, Montoya, uh, and get like information from the GCPD. Uh, but there's a lot lot of fun stuff here. Uh, nice little touch actually is after they've spent the day looking for the right book for the cipher, um, at the library, they're coming out and the guy's like giving Steph her num his number, uh, there's a great little reaction where Cass like has a little speech bubble that instead of a speech bubble, though, it has like an emoji in it. And then the very next panel, which focuses on Cass, like the art is literally got her making that same face as the emoji. It's a, it's a nice little touch. Um, Cause I think the art in this is, is generally pretty good. It's probably better than Guji's last issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a couple of little nitpicks I've got here or there. Uh, there's a couple of pages later on where Steph is just a little bit too purple for some reason. Like she just, which is weird because this issue it keeps bringing up that they're in a heat wave and that everyone's miserable and it's really humid. So it's not like they're trying to show that she's cold. <laughs> like like they're, they're very distinctly mm-hmm. they're not cold. Uh, and it's just Steph that's a little bit too purple for some reason. Um, and there's nothing in the scene that would make her more purple than anyone else. Uh, there's also one weird panel where uh, like. There's less detail because, like, they're smaller in the frame. And for some reason, like, some of Cassie's hair's not been drawn in, which is weird because it's just, like, solid black, so why wouldn't you just draw it in? But it makes her look like she's got, like, a... You know, like a classic samurai haircut where, like, it's shaved around the bottom, <laughs> but there's hair on yeah. the top. It kind of looks, like, looks, looks like that for one panel. But that's not what her, what her hair actually looks like, obviously. It's mm-hmm. just one panel. It looks like that. So there's a couple of little quirky like weird things like that but generally speaking uh it's very animated it's doing its best to sort of keep within the style that the books had up until now uh anyway after they leave the library they see a uh, killer moth uh in this in the sky so they get into their costumes and they go after him uh moth's got his web gun uh, a lot of fun art here as they're like trying to cut through the webbing that he's like firing at them with his gun uh And they're dangling from him as he's trying to fly up into the sky. And they end up getting webbed and they get dropped into a fish market, uh, which has probably my favorite panel in the book, which is they're both looking really pissed off because they've got fish in their heads and they they stink. Um, You know, Steph is like, you know, saying something. I love whenever someone draws Cass in her Batgirl outfit, but they show that she's like pissed off, like through the artwork, even though she's got the mask on. Um, it's always really comical, especially when she's got a fish kind of like dangling, like between her bat ears. Uh, really good fun stuff. Uh, I had a good time with, uh, all of the antics going on here and they go, they go home and they're like, you know, racing to the shower and all that stuff. Uh, Bab sees Montoya on the rooftop, which Montoya is like, why are we doing this? Other than for old time's sake. And she's like, I don't trust my tech right now. Cause everything that happened recently, you know, like, technology literally had the police thinking that Batgirl killed someone recently, so... Montoya's um, like, you know what, like... Jim Gordon, like, you know, made a deal with the devil, and, you know, the, the department paid for it a lot, and I'm not going to pretend that I don't know you can hack into, like, our database anytime you want, Uh but basically doesn't want to help Batgirl, unless Batgirl's got something to show her. So Batgirl basically kind of, like has this new attitude where she wants to avoid hacking into the police department she wants to try and build trust with montoya so for the rest of the issues look have we got ideas to try and look into this without doing it the illegal way because i, I want to try and build some camaraderie with the new commissioner so there's an interesting little dynamic there i think that's forming where it's interesting having batgirl be the one that's going to see montoya as the commissioner instead of being batman or Dick or anything like that because it's like, oh, this is interesting because it was her dad who was the previous, you know, commissioner. So there's a nice little role reversal kind of thing going on in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, Babs goes to see Dick uh, at his place and uh, is in a bad mood because she doesn't like how that conversation went. And it's just, it's just kind of reiterating this idea that she, she feels bad about uh, this lack of trust that's there. Uh, funny little joke that's in this scene is he says, I'll go make you some coffee in your favorite mug. And her favourite mug says, run CMD, which is a computer joke. <laughs> uh, so, very good. Um, but, uh, yeah. A bit raunchy. The scene ends with them saying they're going to bed. Because Dex being... He's correcting her grammar and it's turning her on. So, a bit of, a bit of raunchiness there. Uh, but... Those two. <laughs> I know, the such dorks. It's adorable. Uh, uh-huh. So... Steffi Cass is still looking at the cipher. Babs eventually gets home the next day. Uh Alyssa shows up with one of the new hip trends that I've heard about from TV, the uh boba tea. Which is colorful tea. I don't know what it's mm-hmm. like. I don't I've never tasted it.
1: But... So boba's like this weird, like they're like these gel pod things. Yeah, but and... it's it's this
0: trend. It's like a, it's yeah. this, it's this thing that's referenced all the time
1: now. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Ugh, it's, I don't like, it's, it's like it's like tapioca. Like, I don't. I don't do it.
0: It's like going for froyo. Something trendy yeah. people say.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> we're going for yeah. froyo.
1: Yeah, but boba. Bo, Piss off, your
0: wankers! Anyway, go. I'll just
1: just leave me alone with my coffee.
0: Um. Yeah, but you drink coffee with ice in it, like a weirdo. Yeah,
1: I I drink iced coffee. It's delicious. Cold brew. Yum. Hmm.
0: Uh, Enjoy
1: your monsters, Pete. Okay
0: whatever i I, I just uh, you
1: know uh,
0: weird um so yeah so she's there she's hanging out with everyone um and uh the the book actually i I didn't mention this at the start but the book started with whoever the villain is listening to a podcast about the 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 killings that are going on (laughs) um and it wasn't clear who it was at the the start of the book although by the end it's kind of it seems to be someone specific which i'll get to in a second uh, but the podcaster's someone who goes to Alyssa's bar uh, sometimes. So Babs kind of says, Oh, if I ever need some on- anonymous information passed on to, to her, because our her show's really popular in Gotham, uh, I could use you for that. Uh, but basically, Steph actually cracks the code. It's an Edgar Allan Poe story uh, mm-hmm. that the cipher works with. So they're all excited and they work out uh, the message, which is basically what was it here? Um, your next clue hangs in the enclosure that house your namesake. Fly to the top, from prying eyes, bring a torch, uh, which they deduce might mean the top of the back cage at the zoo. Because, yeah, makes some yeah. sense. Uh, but basically, Bab says, you know, this is starting to sound like a riddle, isn't it? Uh, so the oh, implication no. at the end here is that the Riddler is at least the one leaving the clue. Uh, whether or not he's the one murdering right. people is that maybe another question. Um but yeah the last little scene's him on his own um and he's talking about how people are scum and scabs and filth. So maybe he is killing people because it sounds quite deranged the way he's the way he's talking here. Um I'm trying
1: sure to remember where they left off, where Tamaki left off Riddler, where she was having the people, you know, do stuff. So this this kind of checks in, like maybe he's influencing them.
0: Yeah, maybe. Because uh, the the final thing that he does is that he's got the, the driver's license, I think it is, of the, the victim from the last issue that he's looking at. Um, So it does look like he is probably killing them. The only reason why I'm saying he may not be is because I feel like it, it feels like almost like too easy just to know it's Riddler at this point. But yeah. uh, he, it, it is kind of like a serial killer collecting like a prize, you know, like oh. he's collecting the driver's licenses of his victims kind of thing. Uh. It's interesting, and maybe this has also influenced a little bit with the Batman movie because he, you know, he was more of a serial yeah. killer in that. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I, I, uh, I, I guess what was funny is that when when she said, "Who do we know?" Because the, the the actual line from Barbara before it t- goes to the killer is, "You know, who do we know who likes riddles or has a riddle habit?" and I was almost thinking it was a red herring, that this wasn't really the Riddler, but um, the consensus for everyone else that I've seen online seems to be that it is just the Riddler, so maybe I was just yeah. overthinking it a little bit. But
1: I, I do like those, like, the idea of Bab chasing off against uh, Riddler. Hmm. Just like a brain-for-brain brain type thing. Yeah.
0: Now, I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed this issue. Like I say, a couple of little nitpicks in the art, but generally it was pretty solid, and I think what I like the most is... Just that this one really felt balanced in a good way, where it was like an even amount of like fun antics with Steph and Cass. Steph being embarrassed because she's kind of flirting with a guy. All of that's really entertaining stuff, and then you got the the Bab stuff, which is like the more grown up part of the story, where she's like having this crisis of conscience of trying of wanting to not just be like Batman and wanting to actually have a good relationship with the Commissioner. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, I mean, Batman did, but you know, in a different way. You know, uh, you know, played put play more by the rules uh, in a sense. Yeah, Like, I thought that was really interesting, uh, sort of direction to take her side of things in. But it all felt like it was feeding off each other, and, uh, you know, it was a very... The biggest thing I want to compliment, because of the problems this book did have, is that it feels just the right amount of stuff in the issue. It feels very well paced. Uh, the Batgirl's, you know, facing off with Killer Moth. I do Killer Moth's a great c villain to throw in to, to yeah. a book like this. So, really cool. Um... Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I, I would be happy to give this uh, a very solid... Mm, I'll just say 8. I'll be a little conservative with it, but like I'm actually at the point now where I'm actually actively enjoying the book. And I've I've been feeling that that's way for maybe you know, like three or four issues now, but mm-hmm. uh, it's good stuff. So yeah, that's Batgirls issue 10. We're good. Uh, so last up this week, we have Jurassic League issue 5, which is one getting... And Daniel Warren Johnson, uh, with uh, Johnson doing the the art, or mm-hmm. is it Gideon that's doing the art?
1: I think it's one Gideon. Yeah, the sorry, art.
0: sorry. Yeah, I was flipping it all around. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is always a, such a quick read. This book such a simple, straightforward yeah. uh, take on things, but they're dinosaurs, such as the, you know. <laughs> yep. uh I will say I'm a little disappointed. So there's a there's like Hispanic heritage covers uh, this month, and this yeah. has one. And it's a Jessica Cruz cover, which is cool. But I thought it was weird how there was nothing dinosaur-esque on it. I thought... Well, surely, because it's like Jessica Cruz with her foot on top of, like, Sinestro and some other Green yeah. Lantern villains. Why not make... Why not make her foot be on top of, like, some dinosaur villains <laughs> or mm-hmm. something? Just to tie it to the book that it's a variant cover for. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe,
1: I'm not ever going to be mad at Jessica Cruz content. Of However, course not. No, this makes zero sense.
0: Yeah, it, it was just like there's something with dinosaurs. Yeah. Like maybe i'm sure there's some dinosaurs that were found uh in mexico or whatever that you could use uh-huh. as a sort of tangential link i don't know anyway yeah. uh so dark is on his way to trimascara and mm-hmm. wonder dawn wants to go there but superstar's like no i have to stay and protect my homeland with all the humans uh so wonder dawn flies off on her own uh but batman or batsaur whatever he's called is yeah. also on the way but he gets turned around because he, he, he sees the Joker's Zard or Joker Joker Zord, Zord, yeah. uh kicking around. So he abandons the plan. So poor Wonder Dawn is trying to take on Flying Dark Side on her own. Uh, uh yeah. and not going very well, might I add. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah. So Travis Travis uh, Scarra gets attacked by Darkseid. He outright eats one of the the Amazons.
1: Uh huh. Like, pl- like like an old Harryhausen movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like he's, just, he's just throwing a skittle in his mouth. You know, he's not even mm-hmm. biting her end. He's just like, oh, gulp. It's, and, yep. and it goes. Uh, so Wonder Dawn tries to stand her ground. It's kind of a big moment for her, actually. You know, She's kind of like standing there with her, her, her bone saw. Bone saw is ready. Sorry. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Joker's are like kidnaps the Robin, the human. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes running off with him. Uh, which pisses off Batsor, as you'd expect. Uh the big thing of the issue is though is probably that uh our or Jonathan Kent, if you will, finally shows Super Saur the ship that he arrived in with uh, the hologram message from yep. Jorel Soros <laughs> whatever you wanna call him. Whatever we're calling him. Yeah. Uh who basically says, you, know, you, you I don't know if there's gonna be hope where you go, but you'll spread it wherever you do go. And this convinces Super Sor that he should go and help. And he has to you, know, he's, you know, yep. there's a great there's a great panel here actually where he turns around and I mean, I don't know how how far is meant to be from the mainland, but it looks very close in this panel because he looks over his shoulder and you can see it in the distance across the water. But I guess you could read this as he's using his supervision to see off into the distance.
1: Yeah.
0: That's why it looks so close. Yeah. Uh, So he flies off to help and uh, Jonathan Kent's like, that boy, go get him, tiger, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh... But unlucky for him, the big cliff fire here, is that Joker's are leading an army of dinosaurs on the humans. So even though it seemed like there was nothing to protect them from, it turns out they're actually under attack uh, yep. fr- from a lot of evil things at the end, so that's a bit of a shame. Uh, but you do get a big money-making moment because Batman's on on his own coming to like save the humans, which may actually be kind of a fun play on things where Batman gets to save all the, the human characters and... Yep. Uh, you know, because
1: well, he's he's developed with his Robin, right? The Robin's starting to speak Dinosaur a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, maybe there are, you know, they do, you know, they can't help me. Or, you know, there's like this understanding between them. And I have to assume um, that he...
0: Batman or Batsaur saving all the humans is what's going to kind of form mm-hmm. this world's finest relationship because Superman's yeah. probably going to be quite happy about that and sort of yeah. respect them because yeah. of it.
1: And I, and I like when Supersaur shows up, you know, um... Makes the, the classic Superman entrance, you know, and mm-hmm. saves Wonder Dawn. Well, before um,
0: before that though, uh, Wonder dawn's fighting Dark Side and mm-hmm. uh, puts on the armor, which is you know obviously because yeah. it's a Triceratops, it's like this Triceratops yeah. armor. Uh, so it's a fun little thing, um, maybe reminiscent of her gold armor, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. modern, you know, or the actual mainline See, comics.
1: Fighting Dark Side is a is a reason that that she should be wearing armor, right? Sure. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. That checks out.
0: But yeah, so just as uh, Darkseid may be about to win, Superman does land on him with his feet. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she thanks him for coming. And the big reveal here is is that along the way, he's collected the rest of the Justice League. Not Batman, obviously, but uh, the rest of them that have been introduced in previous issues. So we get five of them together. Uh, So it's interesting, though, that Batman or Batsaw is going to be on his own to try and save the humans, which is going to have that kind of underdog kind of valiant effort thing. Where mm-hmm. he has to do it all on his own. So you get him sweeping down uh and it's a very classic Batman style panel where he's got his wings out and uh he just happens to have dinosaur feet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well what I love too is the they look up the, the kents or the oh, cave the, kents.
0: Yeah, the build up to it, yeah. With the yeah, the the play on the classic Superman lines.
1: Like it's a bird. No, pterodactyl. It's neither. And then there's it's a bat. So I like that. That was fun.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: Because part of me was thinking, oh,
0: is Superman like returned? If they already won Mm -hmm. uh, and they're on their way back, it doesn't make much sense. But then it's oh, it's not; it's Batman who's like coming to save them. So, no, it's interesting. So, I think you know, I like this idea that um, it's taking the Justice League of superpowered dinosaurs to take on Darkseid, Mm -hmm. but like all the regular dinosaurs, Batman's going to be a badass and take on his own. It's it's a very Batmany style of uh, enemy to fight. You know, yeah. So. That's that's fun stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was a quick read. Yeah. So that was a super quick For read. For sure. I, I don't have any. Like, I don't have like a lot of great insights into it. although it's just a lot of fun and seeing them play with the various tropes is yeah. uh exciting to to see. But uh, you know, it's just a fun time.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I had nothing else to add. It's. I. I did like the the progression with you know Batsores Robin. You know, mm-hmm. him him speaking certain dinosaur words and that you know and that shows Batsore that, you know, he can be worked with. You know, he's not just this little guy. So i'm um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um what are you giving it Um I'm gonna give us an eight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with the eight. Uh it's just a solid good time. Uh and that's cool. So uh, that'll take us the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week for panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and the top five books. Um, or if it's less than five, just uh, ranking uh, the the ones we have. Which ones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, panel slash moment, Matt. What you got?
1: All right. So uh, I have I have two, but I think you might pick one of them. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with from from Batman versus Robin. And and it's gonna be when uh, when Zatanna shows herself. Well, not shows herself, but when they go to Zatanna mm. and she's all creeped out with the the noose. And it was a startling image. Uh, let me know that the series is playing for keeps right now.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to pick. He's my family too. Damn it, and the hug. Yeah. You know, it's This. It's, it's very hard not to that pick was, that. So I'll just that, I'll
1: just. that was gonna be the one, but when you talked about it so much earlier, I was like, this is probably Pete's moment. Well, so, uh, I was
0: tempted to go with Cash with the fi- the fish on her head, to be yeah. honest, because that was a really fun moment. But I gotcha. mean, this, this this hit too hard not to yeah to pick it. So, uh, cover of the week. Um, there's a couple of good Batman v. Robin covers, but um, I'm going to have to just go with the regular Batgirls cover. Uh, That's, it's yeah, it's just really good stuff. Uh, it's still Corona doing the covers, so it's got his style. Uh, you've got the three back girls on rooftops, so sort of all crouched and stuff in costume, mm-hmm. and they all look great. But it's the it's the big eye in the sky looking down at them, uh, which obviously plays into the themes of the issue because they're, yeah. they're talking about eye riddles a lot. So, uh, really, really fun stuff.
1: Um, yeah, what you got? Yeah, um, I'm trying to click around looking at some of them. That they're kind of hit or miss this week.
0: Yeah, some, um, sometimes I come in with like half a dozen like possibles, and I didn't really have yeah. that this week.
1: I'm seeing if there is a variant for the worlds without. Uh... Oh yeah. Um, I don't like those as much. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the the ba- uh, Batman versus Robin cover, and it's and it's just gonna be the the regular one. I like how it's, it looks like a, you know, it gives it like this sense of a big story on the that regular cover, with you know the father versus son for the fate of the DCU. You got Talia there. You got Satana. Um, and and yeah, Alfred's right there on the cover, too. Should have seen it coming.
0: That's funny. I even noticed that. Nope. Uh, so, um, all right.
1: Uh, best art of the week. Uh, I'm gonna, oh, am I going first? Or you go first. You go first. All right. I'm gonna go with star from Batman versus Robin. Um, I will go with, I'll
0: go with. I was, yeah. I'm tempted to even give it to Jurassic League, but I think I'm just going to agree and go with uh, Azrar for for v. Robin. Yeah. Yeah, I think it as a standout this week.
1: If I enjoyed the story, the story more Savage from One Roman mm. Right. But yeah.
0: Um. No, not for me. Definitely like, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Rank your uh, top five, Matt.
1: All right, so number one is Batman and Robin, or Batman versus Robin. Number two is Jurassic League. Three is Superman, Son of Kal-El. Four is the Dark Crisis Wonder Woman, and five is Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, number one for me is Batman versus Robin. Number two is Batgirls. Number three is Superman, Son of Kal-El. And number four is Jurassic League. Number five, technically, if you to count it as Wonder Woman, but, I mean, if you don't want to count it, then... It would be there by default, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, right. Uh, but yeah, but no, uh, no. Batman vs Robin was uh, was was great this week though, uh, yep. and enjoyed Superman Sonic, of Kal and Batgirls quite a bit. So, eh, not not a bad week. Uh, it's a little bit later. I know those new books starting soon, so that'll refill the ranks a little bit. But um, yeah, there you go. So um, I will tell you now what is coming next week from DC Comics, something we can look forward to. Uh, so we have Nightwing 96, we have The Flash 786, mm-hmm. Batman Superman World's Finest issue 7, Batman The Night issue 9, Catwoman 47, Dark Crisis Young Justice issue 4, Batman One Bad Day Two-Face issue 1, Deceased War of the Undead Gods issue 2, DC vs. Vampires All at War issue 3, Black Adam issue 4, Harley Quinn 30th Anniversary Special issue 1, Titans United Blood Blood Pact, sorry, issue one, uh, Fables one five five and Looney Tunes 268. So it is a bit of a a healthier week next week.
1: Yeah. Um, that that two Facebook book, I'm not going to hesitate on starting. So if it's like the Riddler one, mm. it's going to take a couple.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried. But no, there's a lot of big things to look forward to. Another Mark Wade book Nightwing, obviously, is a big deal. Yep. Uh, we have more deceased. Uh, We've got the yep. next one bad the day. The night's getting
1: close to a close.
0: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of exciting yes. stuff next week to look at. Uh, so I am pretty, pretty pumped. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. That's what's coming next week. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can, of course, uh, help support everything. Like, subscribe, ding the bell, share us out. We're on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. But the most direct way you can support us over at patreon.com slash mailfuzzTV. And you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. At the $5 tier, you get access to uh the show a day early uh you get whenever it's ready on the saturday night before it goes out on the sunday if that is of interest to you uh and of course i'll t- take time to thank our patreon producers for the month so thank you to tyler hess cindy Palacios, david sharp now christopher Moy, david brown Al Trasman, and alison m4 days, uh they are producers but thank you to all of our patrons and everyone who helps keep the content coming uh so yeah uh but uh, I think that's all my plugging. Uh, other than just go check out Mail Fuzz Movies and Mail Fuzz TV for all the uh, movie and TV reviews and podcasts and things like that. Uh, worth checking out. Last episode of the sci-fi podcast, The Ace, was uh, Mimic, the del Toro movie from the 90s. We just started the 90s season, so we're doing mm-hmm. a bunch of 90s movies for so the next little while. And uh, coming up... On Screams After Midnight, the horror podcast next week, uh, we've got Orphan First Kill. So, uh, the new Orphan movie. Yeah. Which stars the same actress who's now in her 20s, but it's a prequel, yeah. so she's actually playing a younger version of herself.
1: It It's a little weird, um, because you, you're keeping that in mind, but yes. they make it work.
0: So. Yes. There's some uh, Lord of the Rings tale trickery to make her shorter yes. than everyone yep. else, which is you know whale stuff but for enough. Uh,
1: and i didn't realize julia styles was in it until we saw a trailer and i was very pleased uh not see enough of her in things so Mm. i'm curious once you see it i'm curious to see oh i've seen uh, it already we we recorded the episode already oh you did okay well after we sign off we'll talk
0: (laughs) there's some interesting swerves in the movie yes Uh, yes i'll say that much Uh, But there you go, that is Cowboys and Multiverse episode 323, hopefully you had a fun time with us rambling on uh, about Solicits and this week's books, and we'll see you next week for another batch, so thank you very much once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it, keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force
1: It's Mark Wade's Multiverse and we're just experiencing it